right, we are back for another riveting discussion um, about not football, which has been an absolute war zone today in the community. Uh, so yeah, we're back here to talk about the much better, much more interesting, and much more exploitable sport of NHL Best Buck. The only ones bringing you any, you know, real content about hockey. We're going to talk about players who have risen up the board from last year and some players that have fallen very far, um, as well as other news notes, anything we can really go over before we get into a draft by earlier than normal here on the Morning Skate podcast. Welcome back. How are we doing, Matt? We're doing all right. Uh, the first, well, uh, the, the show last week, uh, turns out I was getting COVID during that show. I was, you know, I was wondering why I was feeling off and, you know, uh, I felt kind of weird. My throat was tickly and I'm like, oh boy, like, and then Tuesday night, like, literally all sorts of symptoms that I didn't even know you could have like uh, every muscle in my leg felt like I had just done leg day for a week straight um you know my throat cough sneeze everything was just awful head pressure ridiculous uh so now we're on the other side of that you know uh the weekend uh was was getting there and then the last couple days have been real good but you guys caught me at the absolute worst time last week where I was you know I was getting a little cranky um because i was just like it sucks like why do i feel like shit um but uh, in any case we're, we're good to go now um so real excited to get back into things uh, i took most of the week off you know as far as drafting and doing stuff as far as like you know player analysis and pick analysis and stuff like that just because again i was i was feeling way out of it um but you know back on the horse excited for another week uh, to talk about the best fantasy sport which is hockey yeah, normally we stay on a little bit after, go over a few things, kind of talk about, you know, sometimes golf or whatever's coming up. And we talked for like a minute and then you're like, dude, I am, I am in pain. I have to go. I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, no worries. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't notice. I mean, you were, you're normally pretty short with me on my bullshit. So I wasn't too surprised when you're like getting mad at me when I'm like, oh, Tom Wilson's cool. And you're just like, you could go die. And I'm like, oh, no, that's, that's normal Matt DJ banter right there. But you were like in pain. So yeah, tough break. Um. So, yeah, that's, I mean, there's really not a lot of major hockey news. I don't really think I'm trying to like rack my brain around anything that's really happened other than like a couple players resigned. It's kind of funny in hockey when there's like, a, oh, like this player, like, I mean, a perfect example is Troy Terry, who we're going to, I think, touch on a little bit today, maybe at some point, but it's like they're really far apart. Like, what are they going to do? And they just like two days later, they're signed. They're good. They figured it out. They just met with a guy, the lawyers, like, shut up sign the deal okay you're right we're good um and in the nfl yeah. it's an absolute disaster it's just like insane to watch um people are just losing their mind today it is the spongebob in his head when everything's on fire um as like legitimate fifth string receivers are getting cut and jonathan taylor's holding out um any anything you want to say off the top here about i don't even know any news in the nhl world you could think of like i'm like actually completely blanking i mean was the yeah, last no, trade uh, like i can't even think nothing's happening yeah no no nothing's going on uh it's you know it's the dead of the off season so i don't think there's too much uh too much to be surprised about there but i, I well uh we had a couple of ptos but i don't think any of those guys are relevant um but like you know uh, so like sam gagne back in edmonton you know blast from the past but um, no, yeah, no, it's a very uh, static sort of environment right now. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, not surprising at all. 
Um, yeah, so a few people. We have some, some first first watch, uh, our boy Willie Willie back in in action. Um, oh, this is cool. You took the, the truck family. I'm, I'm hoping they tipped well. I mean, they got to be absolutely freaking swimming these days with those boys. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, everything I hear about the, the truck family is they're just a, a fun time. I mean, you just hear that like podcast and whatnot. Um, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah matt any anything um anything else right now you're laughing no, at i mean just wanna... yeah wookie wookie's asking the important questions you know we, we know matthew we know matthew's good to go but there's some bigger questions about aaron and uh brandon there who uh who the hell's gonna play defense for florida for the first month of the year um <clears throat> yeah definitely yeah i mean Injury injury news seems even thin because they just haven't really got the training camp yet. I think that's like just starting as we're like we're like the biosteel camps going on right now, which must be a new thing. I don't remember seeing it ever, but we're seeing like the Connors, Bedard, and, Mc, and McDavid working out together on the ice with you know McKinnon and Drysital. I there was a Sabres player. I don't remember which one it was now, that man, but uh, maybe it was Tage. It was just kind of cool to see like these guys are getting back out there. But the uh, it's just funny to like the personality of legitimately a speck of dust they're just working out <laughs> this is that that was the big video going around nhl twitter today was a video of the connors working out together not even talking just <laughs> lifting weight and i'm like oh my god this is never gonna grow um i can get this banner off the screen now i'm guessing everyone yeah, oh, uh, matthews matthews signed the mega deal i mean that was kind of expected but yeah uh, that was... setting the new you know, <laughs> speaking of nhlers with a shred of personality uh, also matthews um <laughs> So that's the, uh, I think the main, you know, the main takeaway there is that I think they're going to be willing to shell out for Nylander as well. Their cap situation is not terrible. Um, and now that Matthews is done, I think they'll shift their focus to Nylander. Uh, so, you know, that, that's really only like a dynasty fantasy thing though, to worry about where Nylander is in two seasons from now. Um, yeah, Wookie, we're still waiting on the Hockey Canada stuff. no. No sort of leaks, no nothing yet. I have to imagine that comes out before preseason, though, uh, before training camp starts. So we'll see. Um, but yeah. all right, there's Maybe, I don't yeah. know, the, the, the chat's going off. I don't know if you're if you're, uh, yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, paying yeah. attention to Mr. Norris, ready to go. Yeah, Brandon Montour, yeah. uh, you know, just. Yeah. Oh wait, Brady. Yeah, uh, Josh Norris. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. No, he's saying Brady he's saying, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Josh Norris is good. Yeah, there you go, there you go, there um, you go. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that you know the hockey Canada like it should come out. We have Batherson's never been a name that's come up feels like at all. Like he's never been a player that's uh, like he's, I wasn't there. He's but, been yeah, that that's exactly. More. He's like one of the only you know he's one of very yeah. few players who was like, hey, I didn't do this. So you know, yeah. unless his agent's absolutely horrible at his job, uh, you can, you know, you, you can connect the dots there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard to know, but we, yeah, we can, we can move into, uh, I guess the first thing Matt. I don't know if you wanted to share your stuff when you're ready, we can just get right into that. Or is there any, any other notes off um, the top? Um, no, someone, yeah, I guess, so I, I guess the... yeah. While you're, I'm oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to do a plug for the uh, MSP Discord. You know, uh, if you're if you're tuning in and haven't joined our Discord yet, uh, we've got people talking about best puck and drafts all day long. 
Um, it's the it's tennis major, so of course I'm playing tennis DFS. Tomorrow's a major day for, for the U.S. Open, like 50K to first in their high-stakes uh, GPP. So um, if you want to pop in there, uh, just DM one of us. We can get you the most active link uh, since those links expire. Um, but we can invite you, get you set up, uh, you know, talking about more than just hockey, but especially the hockey talk here. Um, but you know, just wanted to pitch tennis too, since tomorrow is, uh, you know, 50 K to first and the three it's, you know, it's, it's, it's Christmas for us tennis DFS folk. Um, and so that's actually something of interest, something of value that I put into the discord beyond just me complaining about, uh, you know, uh, whatever, complaining about whoever's, uh, ADP at the moment or whatever. Um, so yeah, the topic of today i know uh, your thumbnail was a little bit opaque in this regard because we honestly uh, well we just determined the uh, angle for this show uh, less than 24 hours ago because you know frankly uh we didn't really talk much about hockey um we didn't really talk much when i was sick so i didn't answer the phone yeah, you uh, literally good talk yeah um so i basically wanted to quickly sort of take a snapshot of where EDP is at this moment in time and compare it to last year's EDP. So like, I'm not, I'm not, uh, going through, uh, I'm not going through like as of, you know, August 29th last year's ADP. I could, but that just seems a little weird and random and I don't really want to take go, to go through all that effort. Um, so basically just the overall EDP from 2022, obviously that's more shifted toward the later window just because there are more drafts going off uh, closer to the season start. Uh, but just sort of to set us in like the basic mind, mind frame of like what actually is happening with some of these players, um, how have they moved? How has their sort of uh, perceived value changed over the past year? And what sort of light can we shine on? You know, why did this, player move why hasn't this player moved you know that, that sort of uh discussion wanted to basically go through that we'll see how long it takes but um you know just a handful of players pretty much and then we can get into a draft so um i will start off by sharing uh again if you're an audio listener um be sure to check out the youtube uh the youtube is in the description of the podcast if you're listening to this um, just to be able to see what I'm showing. It's nothing fancy this week, though. It's literally just a table. Uh, yes, Marco beats complaining about Keith Mitchell. Oh boy, I really want to complain about golf. Um, the Ryder Cup team, absolute disgrace. Justin Thomas should not be sniffing any sort of Ryder Cup team. And the fact that neither Keegan Bradley nor Lucas Glover's on the squad, the way they've been playing for the last couple months, is an absolute joke. Uh, U.S. is still uh, minus money on the sports books. I don't understand unless John Rahm died. Maybe he died. Maybe he's dead. I don't know. Uh, Rory, too. Maybe his back is just gone. Um, but if those two dudes are around, like, yeah, Scotty can't putt. Everyone else on the U.S. is just a gutless loser. So um, <laughs> I, I'm laying some money on Europe. Congratulations anyway, uh, to you and your golf now. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into it. <clears throat> you just... There it is. We want to do it. We can try it. Now that's going to block it. We're just going to do the full screen. Uh, we don't, yeah, let, let's, uh, we can shift it pretty easily. Oh, okay. You want, you, you want get us? No, but no, it doesn't. Yeah. Let me, I could try this one. Yeah, but then this is, can I move it? I think the other one was fine. I don't know. I okay. like having a song. That's not the song. Okay, fine. Then I can't draft best ball teams. 
without everyone seeing me. Then I'm sitting here just like, oh god, oh okay. Right, you can go okay, well, um, yeah. So here is the basic uh, chart. Just quickly, let's orient ourselves because that's what we like to do. Um, here is ADP as it stands right now. Obviously, you know McDavid, Drysaddle, Matthews, McKinnon, so on and so forth down the order. Um, next to that, I lined up their 2022 ADP, um, and then obviously calculated the difference, um, just to sort of get a, you know, to allow us to talk about some of these earlier round selections. I benchmark things in terms of percentages. So basically, how far up the draft board did you climb? You know, for your specific position. So like, for example, Matthew Kachuk was going at pick 14 last year. Um, the reason he gets a 51% boost in his ADP is because he effectively climbed half the draft board. You know, you went from pick 14 to pick seven. So that's sort of how we are um, orienting things here. As far as when we're saying percentage increase, it's just a way to sort of cheat and make sure we're not only talking about round 16 guys that are now round 11 guys or whatever. Um, I just think it's a bit more interesting this way. So let's first start off with the biggest movers uh, so far. Um, so year over year, I think Jason Robertson and Tage Thompson really fit into almost the exact same mold, um, in that they had monster seasons last year and they shot a ton. So it's not like they're, you know, uh, generating a ton of points, ton of, you know, assists, I should say. Um, they're just getting fantasy points in all sorts of ways and really put their stamp as MVP contenders in the NHL. So no real surprise to me that they're the two largest movers. Um, right after them, Tim Stutzla, we can come back to him, but Jack Hughes also, you know, Jack Hughes had an absolutely monster year. Um, all these dudes are basically top 10 shooters in the NHL plus their point production. Um, I do kind of find it interesting that Tim Stutzla is in this mix. I, it almost feels like the, the Ottawa steam um, is sort of bringing – Stutzla up to where Barkov was last year. It's a little different because Stutzla is a wing, which is a bit more valuable, um, you know, just given the, the context of the environment we're drafting in. Um, but Stutzla, you know, was 66, 66 in the I-Corsi per 60. He's not as strong a rate shooter as pretty much any of the top 20 as far as the wing position is concerned. So while his ADP is a bit behind these other three dudes, you know, that we're talking about, it's still a little high at 16 for what he brings to the table. Um, so just, just sort of want to caution that. Obviously, uh, you know, he had a great year last year. There's no disputing that. But like finishing 19th in points in the NHL, playing, you know, a full season, it's not like he's top 10 in points, you know. So you're really sort of projecting growth for the player and for the team as well. So, you know, maybe uh the ottawa brained folk uh just are right and every single player that's just moved up the draft board in terms of adp is going to smash this year as far as you know like drake batherson and claude Giroux still get drafted in the hundred you know uh minus or 100 plus range um so i think that this is sort of a representative set though of the top four like biggest movers so far this season um Elias Pedersen feels a little strange. DJ, do you remember Elias Pedersen going after Tim Stutzel last year? <laughs> I, I genuinely yeah. don't, and it kind of just seems I mean, odd. Yeah, but he had a – I mean, let's just look. I just want to look year over year. I'm pretty sure he really disappointed the year before. So, 
I don't think it's okay. like absolutely out of this world. Let me look here. So he went in 20, 21, 22, he had 68 points and then he went up to 102. So, I mean, I mean definitely a very big jump compared. It was kind of like he just went stagnant after his rookie season, uh, except for the one year that he had 21 points in 26 games. Uh, I mean, all the news on him is that like he wasn't taking hockey as seriously as he should have. And now he is um, like very much turning into like a more of a McDavid type of person with his lively, like how he lives. Um, so I don't know. I think he's, you know, but it is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, just sort of didn't get there the year before, but people are burned. They don't want to go back to a guy. It's pretty simple. So I guess it makes sense a little, but was probably very, uh, not a good take. Yeah. I, so maybe a bit of overcorrection last year for Patterson, you know, uh, where he's going now, it seems a bit aggressive. We've talked about it in the Discord a decent amount where it's like if you're taking a Tage or a Pedersen, um, you're really, you know, you're sacrificing a place where you could try and quote-unquote beat McDavid at a different position, um, you know, at the wing or D or goalie position, and you're really betting on those guys keeping you in the ballpark of McDavid because, you know, you still need to invest premium capital in the other, you know, in the other positions to keep up with that McDavid team. So I don't know that I love that bet. Um, you know, his, his ADP has been, I think, as high as, you know, the 13 to 14 range, and now it's suddenly back down toward like the 20s. Um, so, you know, it's fine. I totally get it. Um, but after we get through Pedersen, we get to two defensemen in Dahlin and Eric Carlson. Um, I don't think Carlson needs much introduction. He had an incredible year last year, you know, over 100 points for a defenseman. It, it, you know, it's just it's insane. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, though, I was honestly surprised to see him go so early, so honestly, so early in the draft process. I thought Dahlin would be one of those guys who started off in the, you know, the 70s, the 60s, and then uh, climb from there. That hasn't happened. Um, so he finished seventh among D in points with 73 points. Um, you know, mind you, every single defenseman not named Eric Carlson finished in the 70 to 76 range. Like that's where the rest of the top 10 are. So there's not a huge difference there between Darlene and like his counterparts not named Eric Carlson. Um, but the thing that Darlene does so well that I think is accurately reflected in his ADP or maybe even over, uh, you know, over saturating his ADP right now is that he picks up hits and blocks uh, far better than basically the entire rest of the elite tier of defensemen. Um, he outproduced all of the other top nine point getters in the NHL in both hits and blocks. Uh, Vince Dunn was 10th in the NHL, and I think he had like five more hits than Darlene. Um, so Darlene has really blown up this year. I, I obviously love to see it. I think he's an incredible hockey player. I don't know, though, that like this ADP accurately reflects the way I see his fantasy profile, where I think he has, you know, ceiling like no other, but I'm not sure that I really want to take him uh, this early. So I don't know. Uh, the thing with Eric Carlson is just that we simply don't know what the situation with the Penguins will be like. Um, so he's a very much just a point accumulator. He's not going to do a whole lot else as far as like the blocks and hits, like he'll do some, but, uh, not as much as Darlene, for instance, which is why you're getting him 10 spots after Darlene. Um, 
DJ, feel free to cut me off if you ever want to talk about any of these dudes. But no, um, I mean, I I think the a couple threads here. Number one, I think there's three total centers on the entire list right now that you have up. Um, this mm-hmm. year centers at least with uh, you know that you already talked about Patterson. Um, there's Nugent Hopkins and oh, and Hughes, yeah, and that's it. Everyone else is a defenseman or a winger and a couple goalies. So. It is interesting. Defense, yeah. yeah, I think I said that. But yeah, it is. It's like that kind of makes sense with what we learned from last year, and you know what smart people are probably doing, and just forcing um, a lot more wingers into the mid tier after a lot of you know like what five, if not six of the you know the first rounds are taking centers. So then, knowing what we know now, is this going to kind of over time push wingers even up the board further? So I don't think that trend's going to go away. The other trend is just, I mean, besides Eric Carlson, I think every guy up top is like. 22 to 25 26 maybe um mm-hmm. so definitely sort of uh these guys uh, every one of them clearly outperform their expectation and all of them kind of hit their peak or are coming into their own as a player um so it makes sense and i think that's something we're going to talk about as we like get into this year like what our takeaways are um and you know it's not like it's a perfect science today either but uh, that's couple things there but yeah anything else yeah. I'll, let you, I'll pass it back to the studio so um i think after eric carlson is where we get to some of the more uh like tenuous adp climbers and, and you know i am absolutely uh exhibit a for the matt boldy steam uh he's all the way up to 41 in terms of AD, his adp uh he was going you know in the mid 150s or the, i guess the mid 100s last year very very late in drafts um, now he had 63 points in 81 games, um, and that was tied with Jordan Eberle, Tomas Hurdle, and Pierre Luc Dubois. You know, uh, three dudes who really don't go all that early in uh, best puck drafts. Like you know, Dubois is the closest, and he goes 30 spots after Boldy. Um, I think the main reason that Boldy's you know getting steamed like this is one, the prospect profile he has, where he has you know a very uh, astute like. Uh, prospects profile where he's a goal scorer um he's obviously playing with kaprizov on the power play um and then the second reason is that he finished 23rd in the league in shot attempts so that sort of shows that like even though 63 points is a ceiling that's not all that like you know you can find that elsewhere in your draft you're not going to find many players that can shoot the way matt boldy does um and with the volume that he has um so you know it is still bit aggressive i think this current adp for boldly now again i'm doing this so like i'm not saying it's wrong but it certainly is an aggressive projection i think to say that matt boldly is like clearly worth a mid third round pick or i guess a mid fourth round pick because that's how math works um but you know i've taken boldly as early as the third round so um i just wanted to throw a little bit of caution there um, Alex Tuck, I don't really know what else to say about his season, except that he was glued to Tage Thompson, and therefore now he's going far earlier than he did last year. Um, no real reason to expect that not to continue. Um, but him and Zach Hyman are kind of two guys where it's like how much of their fantasy production is dependent on their current lineup placement, and how sticky is that lineup placement. Now, I think for Tuck, we're safe. Um, but, you know, there is a chance that a guy like Jack Quinn comes back and he's just, you can't miss him. And therefore he's on the top power play and on the top line because he just has a higher ceiling than Alex Tuck does. It's possible. 
Um, we know that Tuck is very steady rates wise. So like he's safe, I think, regardless of what happens. Um, but like with Zach Hyman, he spent 65% of his year with McDavid last year. Obviously you're going to produce. Now, how does Edmonton take that next step toward coming a cup contender? You know, if I knew the answers and they let me make the decisions, I would not be playing Zach Hyman with Connor McDavid, um, you know, because guess what? Zach Hyman is a good hockey player. They need good hockey players on the ice when McDavid and Dreisaitl are not on the ice. So, you know, throw McDavid out there with bums like Leon Dreisaitl and Dylan Holloway. And guess what? He can carry positive rates regardless of who he's playing with. Zach Hyman had a 59% expected goal share without McDavid last year, uh, without Leon or 97, I should say. Um you know, playing with Ryan McLeod or some other bottom of the lineup type guys, they need that desperately. I'm not saying this happens, but like a smart hockey organization would look at that and say, hmm, like, can we give McDavid scores and let the guys who actually create the offense play with other players so that we're not, you know, basically relying our entire season on one guy's health? Now, they're never going to do this. This isn't going to happen. But it's at least within the realm of possibility that Hyman, because he's so intricately linked fantasy-wise to McDavid's sort of production, that like he could turn into a total zero. So I think Tuck and Hyman are sort of of the same mold where like they're not self-starters in the way that a Matt Boldy projects to be as a hockey player. So while they're very similar in sort of their ADP and their ascension year over year, I just think there's a very you know, key difference in sort of what you need to assume to make those guys good selections at their current ADP. Um, Clayton Keller, 21st in scoring last year, over 82 games played. Um, worth noting that he only had 11 secondary assists. Um, you know, you have to go really far down the scoring leaderboard to Kirill Kaprizov, who missed some games but finished in 43rd to find a guy who had less secondary assists. So you could argue that, you know, Clayton Keller's season should have been even more monstrous last year. Um, so, of course, he took a huge leap up the boards. We've talked about Keller before, but I'm really only taking Keller when these other guys are off the board around his ADP. And I'm also making sure to get a Nick Schmaltz uh, or Barrett Hayden yeah. later yeah, in the draft. I mean, um, it, it is honestly hilarious that, like, that stat seems so insane, and yet it makes so much sense in the context of Arizona. But... I think Arizona's yeah, better. Is. I mean, I think like, it's like they're still probably the same level of bad, and I think that they're at least going to score more goals, which should just exactly bode well for Keller overall um, to get more secondary assists when, like, maybe Logan Cooley's not awful. Like, it's not like he's passing it, and now Zach Cassie just jumped over the boards. You know, it could be Logan Cooley. So, yeah, it, it, it is insane, uh, but makes perfect sense. And kind of similarly with Kaprizov, it's like when the right guys aren't out there, I mean, they were, he was dragging corpses um, to, you know, mm -hmm. to a Minnesota finish line into the playoffs. So yeah, I definitely agree uh, with all that. And then I, it is funny though, the whole Hyman thing you were saying, it was like last year we were making the exact opposite argument of like Hyman's very draftable because he's glued to McDavid, like take him. And he froze up the boards. I remember he started way later, yeah. but now it's gotten to a point where it's like, if he's not glued to McDavid, you made a huge mistake here at, you know, pick 20, whatever, like 28, 29, you know, whatever he's going to, you know, now he's up to like his thirties, but um, yeah, it's not like it's wrong to take Hyman, but just know that if you're way overexposed, which is why I'm not taking him in every, with every McDavid team, he might be there, but I'm not doing it because it's just no sense. Like I have such a big edge already. I don't need to like 
I don't know. Yeah, whatever. You can take them. You don't have to. I just, again, I'm, I'm going to kind of split that uh, at that point. I think you're yeah, just better it's, players. It's just a matter, you know, and that, uh, that's a price consideration. So, um, you know, at, at some prices, he's good, and at others, he's, he's not. And so that's sort of where I'm coming down on it. Um, where I'm really trying to poke holes in all of these cases. Um, and, and for example, as we go further down my list here, we get the four goalies, Philip Gustafson, Lena Solmark, uh, Alex Grogiev, and Stuart Skinner. Um, you know, how do we get here? Well, Gustafson wrestled the net away from Marc-Andre Fleury. He was their A goalie. Um, you know, he was getting, uh, you know, three starts every Fleury, two starts down the stretch. Now, that's not the same thing as getting four starts for every five, the way that, you know, uh, Georgiev or Skinner got down the stretch. Um, but, you know, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is a year older, so maybe there's even more of a uh, limited uh, net, uh, I should say. Maybe there's even a more limited plan for Fleury starts this season. However, there is uh, Wallstead to worry about, too, where if he's, you know, uh, the AHL's wonderkind, he could also come up and replace Flurry. Um, so Gustafson is a guy I'm a little worried about. Like, I think that the upside, I'm not sure, is worth this uh, necessarily, this ADP. Uh, we'll see some goalies when we draft and talk, you know, specifically about alternatives. Um, but, you know, getting this guy 10 spots ahead of where some other goalies that I like go, such as uh, Jari and Samsona. Um, and even before, you know, the, the Darcy Kempers of the world, it, there's just a little bit of, uh, I think, a leap you need to take to say that Gustafson not only is good, but that he sort of gets the 50 to 55 starts we're looking for out of our starting goalie. Um, going on, though, Lena Solmark, the Vesna winner, of course, he rises. Um, you know, it's it's another tough click for me just because Jeremy Swayman's not going anywhere. Like, what are the odds that Omar splits it right 50-50 with Swayman or even gets the uh, worst half of the draw, just given Swayman's prospect profile? Honestly, seems pretty solid. Um, so I don't really like Omar. Like, pick one, I would choose Gustafson. Um, but we also have Georgiev here. Uh, who, you know, also climbed after absolutely running away with the Colorado net. Uh, if you listen to the season recap that we did on the this channel on the Morning Skate podcast, uh, we, you know, uh, we clipped some old takes on the Colorado goalie situation. Let's just say that was one of the only wins I booked against DJ uh, this season. Um, but Georgiev finished third in the NHL in uh, games, tied with Sorokin and Ottinger, clear number one goalie in uh, in Colorado. Uh, Stuart Skinner uh, really took advantage of uh, Jack Campbell absolutely laying an egg last season. Who knows if that happens again, but he earned uh, 50 starts or 50 games played, I should say. Some of those were in relief of uh, Campbell awful starts um, and basically completely wiped the floor with Jack Campbell. So he'll get, you know, he'll get the run of the net to start. If he keeps that, you know, uh, it's a bit of an open question. Uh, keeping, you know, just finishing up this list here, Evan Bouchard uh, rising from 122 last year to 52 this year. Uh, just that's pretty simple. He's the king of the Edmonton power play one. Uh, he leads or he led all playoff team points by an absolute landslide uh, last season. So we're sort of uh, pushing that, you know, uh, that's why he's pushing up these boards. Uh, Willie Newlander. Uh, kind of interesting, you know, one of the quietest 40-goal seasons in the league last year. 
Um, now, I don't think his agent necessarily think that's quiet because that boy's going to get paid. Um, but he had 87 points in 82 games last year, 20th in points, 13th in shots. Fantasy monster, of course, you know, that means he goes in the top 25 of almost every draft. So I get it. It's definitely one of those things where there's not that many wings to click early in drafts, and he's a very, very good one. So, um, you know, I don't love it, but also it's just sort of the environment that we're playing in. Ilya Samsonov, um, you know, he does look like the number one right now in Toronto. Uh, he only had 42 games, but he was very, very good in those games and got the bulk of the work in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Malik here. Uh, any chance Joseph Wall challenges Samsonov? That's totally possible. Um, you know, it's it's one of those situations where I think it's possible, but it's not likely enough that it's really impacting the way I'm drafting Samsonov. Like if Samsonov is bad enough to the point where Wall gets the clear lion's share of the net, then like he's a total dud anyway. And guess what? If you draft any goalie that's a total dud, you know you're gonna regret that. Um, you know, even if you drafted Jordan Bennington last year, despite him playing 62 games, you probably weren't very happy because a lot of those games he was getting pulled and getting negative points and whatever else. So, um, you know, there's just really no. Uh, reason I think that like I think it's much more viable to worry about Olmark and Gustafson for example and actually uh, lessen your exposure to them at ADP than there is for Samsonov but of course you can't rule out the possibility that Joseph Wall comes in and takes over the net um, last five guys Jeff Skinner flew up the boards yep that's page effect uh, we've talked about it in the discord a bit maybe even on stream but you know, I've gone ahead. I would take Jeff Skinner over Alex Tuck personally. I think Skinner's game is more translatable to fantasy, and he's less uh, reliant on the role that he's currently in. Um, but you know, that's neither here, here nor there. Both guys are extremely higher than where they were last year. Jared McCann, uh, DJ, you got that one exactly right. He took a stranglehold of the power play one job in Seattle. Um, Ilya Sorokin. He's the number one goalie in the league, um, you know, just by most accounts. If you looked at the ADP sorting of last year, yeah, Igor was really high. Um, but really, Sorokin was one of the earlier guys off the board, you know, in that. So we're really talking about more of a, uh, I think, sharpness of the field than anything else. Um, than you know, than an actual rise for Sorokin. But he was great last year, you know, of course, um, and he's going to you know, carry a lot of the load for his team. And then Nugent Hopkins, you know, uh, whatever. How could he not get there playing on the power play one all season long, the way that uh, power play went? And Travis Konechny, uh, he and Tippett, you see Tippett here, uh, both guys flying up the boards because, well, Torts actually decided to trust good hockey players. And uh, they really paid us off in fantasy. Um, and so that's where I'll sort of cut off this risers discussion. Um, but obviously you can see a lot of names that we could talk, talk about forever. So um, DJ, anything else before we get to some of the fallers? Uh, no, I'm not really. I mean, younger wingers moved up uh, and we're going to see who moved down, but yeah, the goalie, I mean, any, anytime you're drafting a goalie, you're just taking the upside. Like you can't take a goalie and be like, Oh, well, what if it doesn't work out? It's like, don't draft him. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So I don't know if Joseph Wool is like yeah. in debate of a draftable asset, but like 
we're taking a Kirish Mead, if we're taking, you know, um, Kakanen or whatever in the last round, it's like you could probably mix in Joseph Wool and, and say you make your case. You could also mix in um, um, freaking Calgary Wall. No, no, what the heck's his name? Wolf. 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 Oh my God. I'm like, I can't picture it because like I'm saying Wolf. Wolf. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, why can't I? Yeah. 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 Like um, you can make that same debate uh, versus um, Markstrom. So like, it, I don't know. They're, yeah. They're guys. Yeah. You raised a very good point there in that the downside for a skater is almost always going to be they're just playing a little bit less. You know, they're playing 16 minutes a night instead of 18 minutes. We're not we're not really drafting guys unless you're me trying to draft freaking Alex Holtz last year uh, who are going from, you know, 18 minutes a night to seven. Um, Whereas for goalies, you're literally talking about dudes who like Jack Campbell. He was projected to play 65 games, you know, be the number one, whatever. Guess what? He sucked. He played 30. Like he disappeared for fantasy purposes. Um, and, and that's just not going to happen with skaters like that we're drafting in these uh, drafts. So I think with any goalie selection, there is just that inherent volatility where there's only one job per team. And so you kind of need to lean into that or else. And yeah, like you said, guess what? Every goalie is going to be bad. At, you know, like you can make them a case to be terrible because that happens to every goalie, um, you know, at some point. So uh, anyway, moving on to the largest fallers so far this year. Um, now, again, this is benchmarked to their uh, ADP. So, you know, last year, Patrick Kane was going at 35. So he technically fell down three da- or three draft boards to now be at 130, 143. Um, so, you know, he fell 35 slots and then another 35 and then another 35. That's how you get to this 310% number. So this is sort of trying to estimate the magnitude of the falls. Patrick Kane, uh, yeah, he was old, his team was bad, he got traded, and now he's hurt. He doesn't even have a team. So, like, yeah, of course, you should not be taking Patrick Kane, um, regardless of whether he signs with someone before training camp. He's probably not going to play before midseason. So, like, yeah, there's just absolutely no reason. Uh, Huberto and Barkov, they're very different stories than that. Um, they, they were just both pathetically bad last year uh, as far as fantasy. Um, but Huberto had a 9% advance rate. Uh, guess what? He burned a lot of people last year, uh, hence why his ADP has fallen. Honestly, I don't know if it's even fallen enough uh, to the point of being fantasy relevant. Um, but in any case, Barkov, a uh, very similar deal. Um, I was actually shocked to see this. I didn't, hadn't really looked at it before today, but um, a lot of people were drafting Barkov in the sort of one-two turn I thought to go with Matthew Kachuk, you know, the, the Barkov Kachuk was a very comfy 12, 13 type selection. Uh, Matthew Kachuk had a 36% advance rate. So, you know, not quite Pasternak who had a 48 or so advance rate with to McDavid like 50 last year. Um, but, you know, Kachuk was very, very good for your teams. Even though Barkov was tightly correlated with Kachuk teams, he only advanced 12% of the time. That's terrible. Um so, you know, uh, Barkov definitely takes a hit this year. Um, that's just the thing with Barkov, you know, when and, and Huberto, honestly. When you don't shoot, you have a very low floor. Um, and, yeah, uh, so try to avoid those guys unless you're getting absolute values on them uh, because they do have upside. You know, we know that Barkov or Huberto could put up a week of getting nine points in three games, and you can look like a genius. Um, but 
there's a lot of valleys in between those peaks versus the shooters. You know, you're picking up a lot of points every week, regardless of whether they spike or not. Um, so moving on, Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, yeah, he lost his net to Gustafson, so of course that EDP is going to flip. He basically goes undrafted uh, currently. Aaron Ekblad, he goes late. Um, it wasn't that he was terrible last year. He was actually better than I expected from a fantasy standpoint, uh, but he's starting this year on the shelf. Uh, we, we don't know the exact timeline, but it sounds like it's a, a month or more that Ekblad could miss. So, like, yeah, that plus Brandon Montour being the true number one in Florida – um, there's just really a very limited appetite to gobbling up some Aaron Ekblad. Um, there's a couple of Tampa guys on here, and I want to just sort of highlight them together um, because this is actually one of the more salient points, I think, that I can make from this exercise. Um, that Victor Hedman, uh, a major faller uh, this season. Now, of course, when you get outproduced by your teammate in Sergachev, who had 64 points on the season compared to Hedman's 49, um, you know, you're going to take a hit as far as ADP is concerned. Now, he hasn't taken that big of a hit. Sergachev still goes after Victor Hedman. Um, but Victor Hedman actually had a pretty good year by his standards as far as his blocks, his shots, his hits. Um, and he was still D20 in, as far as that point production. So you could easily make a case that Victor Hedman's been punished a bit too much for last season. Um, you know, a lot of the watch the tape guys were just adamant that Victor Hedman was hurt. Um, they were coming off of two extremely deep playoff runs, um, you know, uh, coming off those cups. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of time to rest, recover, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, it's worth noting that he was not up to his usual standard for fantasy last year. But when you look below the surface, like if he gets that power play one job back from Sergeyev, he probably uh, is just as good, if not better, than like prime Victor Hedman for fantasy purposes, given his uh, underlying rates. Now, jumping down the page a bit to where I highlighted Steven Stamkos, Stamkos has fallen two rounds worth of ADP. The guy was a monster last year. You know, I was a bit surprised. Uh, Braden Point doesn't make this list, but Braden Point also fell uh, a little bit. Um, and Braden Point had 50 goals. <laughs> like, um, you know, they were very, very useful from a fantasy perspective last year. Steven Stamkos, where he was being drafted at 27. Uh, yeah, obviously he somewhat got correlated with McDavid, but like two centers going that early, you could see why that's not the best combination. And Stamkos had a 27% advance rate and he fell two rounds of ADP. Um you know, he put up 34 goals, which was a light season for Stamkos for sure, but still over a point per game, you know, he's the shot taker on their power play, so on and so on. He wasn't bad. So, you know, I think he's falling because the field's just sharper as far as their uh, positional allocation, as far as centers and wings are concerned. Like, you just got to prioritize wing, and Stamkos is a, you know, a recipient of that. Um, but it's just something I found very interesting because like, he's one of the only guys on this list who didn't have a truly bad season and is still taking this massive hit um, to his current ADP. So, you know, keep it on Steven Stamkos. Um, if you're looking for like that number one center on a non McDavid team, I think that's a, a reasonable argument you could make. Um, but keep going. Jack Campbell, guess what? He sucks. Um, maybe he's good again. Who knows? Uh, Jake Markstrom. Very similar deal, though he goes much earlier. Uh, he was just really bad last year. Now, there's not that much waiting in the wings unless they want to 
elevate Wolf finally. Um, but that's why Jacob Markstrom goes far later than he uh, did last year because he was really bad and there's a lot of uncertainty around his projection. Uh, Chris Letang had a, maybe the worst season of all time from a personal standpoint. Uh, he lost his dad. He had a stroke. <laughs> like not many hockey players are out here having strokes. Um, and he came back and was perfectly fine from it somehow. Plus an injury. I think he had a hip injury or a hip issue at some point during the season. Um, so like it was absolutely tough going for this guy. Um, but he's, you know, he stayed with it. Uh, Eric Carlson doesn't help his fantasy outlook, but you know, he's 120 too late for this guy who's kind of connected to Sidney Crosby. I, I don't know. Um, Certainly feels a little bit overambitious because odds are nothing can go as wrong for Chris Letang again. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's an interesting inclusion on this list because you could see why he had a tough year. Um, Elias Lindholm, just he didn't get there after losing Gaudreau, Kachuk, the team sucked, so on, so on. Kale McCarr got hurt. Uh, Nazem Kadri, well, I should say Kale McCarr played 60 games, so he wasn't hurt the entire year. Um, but, you know, He's just going a bit later now because it's really hard to lose defense the way you did with him last year and still succeed. So, you know, he's taking a bit of punishment for that. Kadri, team was terrible. Uh, whatever. He, he goes late now. He's free, so grab him if you want him. Thomas Shabbat, Morgan Riley, uh, very similar situations in, as far as their current ADP and last year's ADP. Um, I think Morgan Riley has more certainty uh, with him, but he has terrible rates, whereas Chabot has just uh, meh, as I uh, summarized it in my notes. He has meh rates, um, but both guys have you know uncertainty. Chabot's very uncertain due to Chikorin and maybe Sanderson, whereas Morgan Riley is a bit more certain, but there's a little bit of Klingberg uncertainty. Uh, both guys are just not fantasy defensemen the way that you like them to be, so that's why they're... Uh, that's why they're going later. Ovi, team was bad. Ovi's great, though. Take Ovi if you like Ovi. Johnny Gaudreau, um, I don't know. DJ, is there anything that you want to jump in on, or am I just reading names on a list at this point? Yeah, I think mainly just reading names on a list. I mean, I, I think we've I summarized that. it pretty well. That a, lot, a lot of these guys, it's sort of, uh, I don't know, not probably all that significant. Um, either way, uh, the Norris thing I think is uh, definitely getting overblown. Um, nothing really. I, I really like that. I'm glad you highlighted uh, Sam Coast a good bit. That was interesting. But uh, it's, it's just old guys that burned you last year are getting punished very harshly. Some of them for <laughs> bad reasons. Some of them didn't even punish you. Really, only one. But it's just you were punished last year by the guy. It you know hard to hard to forgive. Um, of this list, it's like really what I think is most important is like who should we forgive and not forgive, right? I mean, are you mm -hmm. okay with that? I mean, there's really I don't think there's anyone else on this list we really even need to like touch on. Like, it's pretty obvious why. Uh, maybe Roman Yossi's a case, but that just seems like it's going to continue to get better over time. Like, he's going to go from a 79% differential to like 50, you know, 40, 50. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's going to be learned enough about the defense in general. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I think that like the players are right. forgiving. Are you wanted to do that quickly or? So so five. All right, give me give me five more minutes to, to finish these notes. Five more minutes. We'll quickly oh, summarize I, forgiving and unforgiving. I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I took the time to make some takes. So let, let me just get the take uh, the take sprinkler. Yeah, just keep it going. Um, You're having fun. Yeah. 
I, I'm having a blast, dude. I can talk again. It's great. Um, Johnny Gaudreau, team was beyond bad. Um, but man, him falling, uh, basically, a, you know, a doubling his ADP just feels a little bit aggressive. Um, you know, especially when you can get line A with him. Now there's some uncertainty that line A is going to play center for some reason, but I honestly don't buy it. Um, I think it's more likely Fantilli plays uh, a wing than line A. Uh, wait, that doesn't make sense. Uh, anyway, I don't really buy the fact that line A is going to play center. So I like getting those two guys together when I can. Uh, Josh Norris, of course, you mentioned it, uh, you know, just that's why he's going so late. Uh, we talked about Stamkos. Freddie Anderson is very interesting, uh, but the, the simple fact is, even though he's the starter for Carolina, there's really no questioning that. Um, they are really going to roll three goalies, it sounds like. Um, so it's just really tough for anyone to separate and be useful from a fantasy standpoint. So I think even though the team's going to be great, that's why we're seeing uh, him just go late. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, um, he only had a 16% advance rate last year. He had 36 goals in 75 games, but it just wasn't enough because he doesn't do enough. Um, now, is pick 70 worth it versus for pick 38? You know, you're really struggling if you took him, say, on a top center team uh, to fill out the other positions. You know, maybe Ajo is your second center is perfectly fine. I'm not sure. Um, but just worth noting that he's not really a rates guy in the way that some other uh, centers, you know, even later in drafts uh, can be. Um, now, these last few guys I actually do think are interesting. Brian Rust, um, he's going far later than pick 70. Like last year, he's going in the 120s. Now, there's some role uncertainty here. Um, we were sort of expecting him to share with Raquel the power play role last year. So, like, you know, the fact that his ADP was relatively early was kind of a surprise to me. Um and, and that was sort of like the, the main warning case of like, hey, this Raquel guy is pretty good. Um, you know, watch out. He could take that one open job. Um, you add in Riley Smith to the mix. Yeah, there's some uncertainty here. I do think that like Russ season where he was going at pick 70 and just sort of fell off the map from a fantasy standpoint in general is a bit of a Hyman warning case. Just because like if you're banking on a guy to be first power play and he's not, even if he's on a good team, even if he's a good player, like, yeah, you can't get a McDavid supernova team with Sidney Crosby the way he currently is. I get it. But, like, Sidney Crosby is about as damn close to McDavid as you're going to get. Um, and Brian Russ couldn't get there without that premium role. So uh, that's sort of like my Hyman warning case. Uh, Cam Talbot, uh, I was making a juice world reference here. So uh, props to anyone who spotted that. Um but he's a guy who went from having a found starter job that we thought <laughs> in Ottawa. It uh, didn't necessarily work out that way. Um, but he went to L.A. and, uh, you know, hoping to get the, the main draw there. Uh, we'll see. I, I don't buy it. But um, in any case, Roman Yossi going a bit later. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, best puck classic winner, Roman Yossi. Um, so, you know, he should be going earlier, if you ask me. But that's that. And then Jack Eichel, last guy I wanted to make a note on. He fell 25 spots in ADP, had a point per game, and was top 25 in shots per 60. Um, you know, him and Jonathan Marcheseau, who you can get in the 70s to 80s. Um, that's assuming health. And for this team, you know, that just went to the cup final, blah, blah, blah. 
just won the cup. Um, you know, that it's going to be tougher to come by. Uh, but him and Marcia so aren't that old, you know, Marcia so is getting up there, but they're not injury prone like Mark Stone. Um, so I'm not that worried about these guys. And I think that they're, you know, sort of being unnecessarily uh, punished for, I don't know what, I don't know why Jack Eichel goes 25 spots later um, because he's a great player. We, we know it. Um, so yeah, that is where I'll leave it. Um, so DJ, do you want to pick a few guys here that you're staking your flag to, or staking your claim on as bounce back candidates this year? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give my actual bounce backs and I'll also give just a couple kind of asked about like guys we think will bounce, I think, but more like ADP risers. Um, so yeah, guys that I actually think should bounce back. Uh, number one is definitely Kale McCarr. I don't think it's like, you know, it, it, the question is really is like, is his ADP correct? Like, I think he's going to bounce back because he's going to be healthy. And that's really the only thing that held him back. Uh, but last year we were kind of banging the drum that like, don't take this guy fifth. And he really didn't fall much from like where he was. Well, I mean, he was going fifth in like every draft to start. Ended up getting to 6.2. Didn't fall very much comparatively to what I thought. I think 14 and a half is a little bit uh, too far, maybe. Um, I think I'm going to start kind of targeting him at that turn a little bit more when it comes in the right spot. But um, I don't know how much he's actually going to rise over time, unless if what happens, which I kind of think will happen, which will rise, frankly, a lot of the centers, I think, like the Barkoffs and, the you know, the Samkoses and the Eichels and the Ajos will be a lot of casuals that are addicted to drafting and NFL drafting, you know, stops, but maybe they, you know, they'd rather than reinvest in, you know, the puppy returns and blah, blah, blah. Maybe they'll check out hockey up their fans. And that's great for us because if they're just fans and they know nothing and they don't watch anything or learn anything, they're going to fall in love with these centers. They're going to be like, holy crap. I can think Sebastian Ajo or Drake Batherson, like what a joke. And they're going <laughs> to take Ajo. And it's again, like it's not wrong. They're taking a better player. It's just not right for this format and advancing and winning this tournament. Um, you know, not a big deal. So I think a lot of these centers will just rise because of that. People will just draft, you know, five, five, you know, five centers, five wingers, et cetera. Um, they're going to advance if they got McDavid or whatever, and they're going to not advance when they don't because they're just going to draft completely dead teams when they don't. So, yeah, um, I think this is going to happen. So I don't really think it's as much of like a gut picking guys out of the hat. The guys that are actually good on this list will just rise because of that. But uh, Kel McCarr is mm-hmm. one that I think fits both sides of that, both like from a just people will draft in perspective and because they you know love Kel McCarr and their casuals or because I think he's better. Uh, another guy that I'll, I'll stake um, – well, let me look at the list. Oh, Kadri. Kadri is the one that I'm kind of taking a lot of at the end of drafts. Like, I think if, you know, there's any um, any last center in, you know, my third center that I, I, I've i been coveting a bit more than others, it's him and Norris, frankly. Like, Norris is kind of coming into fruition a little bit more. But at least with Kadri, I'm, like, very confident in his role. Um, uh, you know, he's a good rate shooter. It wasn't the best, but I think that this Flames team just could be better just by subtraction of their coach. Um, it could just be a little bit more fun. And they, I don't think Huberto is useless. Maybe they'll put him together. Like, we don't really know. But that ambiguity, I think it only help him. Like, it couldn't make it worse for his role, line mates, et cetera. Like, I think he's only going to get a little bit more as the team tries to score goals again. Um, anyone else? I mean, yeah, I think I think I'll stop there. I don't know if there's really any goalies that I'm all that interested in. I'm 
you know, grabbing pieces here or there of Markstrom. Like I probably got like two teams of my 56. I'm not taking any Freddie Anderson, to be honest, that maybe at some point, if it absolutely has to happen, uh, Talbot, I was sort of on, but I think I got enough at this point to, to the last me 150 teams. I drafted like three or four. And then I was like, this guy actually might just be useless, but I'm, I'm more or less trying to fade that. I mean, I was high in Shabbat at first. He was going like literally in the last round, but now I don't know. He's kind of, he, he went up to like 135. He's leveled back to 145. I think I'm kind of, again, I, I've, I've taken enough there at when it, where I got him early on. So I think I'm good. What about you? Okay. Um, I think, uh, you know, if I'm betting on guys to beat their current ADP, just sort of as seen on the, on the screen here, um, I think Johnny Gaudreau is a guy I like for that. Um, you know, uh, I just think the team can't possibly get worse. And I, I like, you know, I like a lot of the pieces. I think losing Zach Wierenski and not having any defensemen was a big problem last year. Like, they just couldn't move the puck. I don't think that'll be an issue, even though I don't love, you know, Pro-Rob and Severson. Like, they're perfectly serviceable. Um, and I think just – I don't think Gaudreau will have as much of an uphill climb as he did last year. Um, and then I just – the Tampa guys. I mean, Stamkos, like, that's a guy who I have not gotten enough of, in my opinion. Um, and just sort of reviewing this sort of made me realize that. Like, wait, like, this guy, you know, is everything I look for in a fantasy player. He's the number one option on the power play, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, yeah, you got a bet on health, but he stayed healthy last year. So, like, why can't he do it again? Um, and so him and Hedman, you know, uh, with Hedman's rates being fine the way I pointed out, um, I think those are the three guys that I'm like most uh, interested in sort of like upping my exposures to having done this exercise. So, um, well, let's cut it there. Um, thank you guys for putting up with that, of course. Um, but well, let's get to the fun part. Let's get to the draft. Yeah. You ready to pull join? This up. Yeah. Pull this up while we're moving over. Right. Yeah. It is interesting to see like a couple, a couple of guys that really haven't moved too much, but yeah, I'm going to, what three? Three, two, one. Enter. Yeah, it was that five? It was completely un. It was completely unfilled before we started. Um, nice. Yeah, I don't think the rankings are okay. I don't know what just happened. Hold on, I'm trying to. Where is the hockey Nine. draft? You guys already filled it. That's great. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why it just completely glitched out. I don't know where I'm drafting <laughs> at, but. No, it looks like I got the, the last spot. Okay, yeah. You got the last spot, yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm going to pull it up. Hold on. Let me just – wait, no. I got to remove. I got to present. I gotta share screen. I'll stop sharing. See if that helps. Yeah. yeah no, it's it's not you. It, it was me. Turn it back on dark mode. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, I was – it was tweaking out because um, I have so many drafts open. It's just having a hard time figuring it out. <laughs> the influencer. That's a good one. That's a good one. The influencer two hundred one. I mean, I'm always drafting first in some capacity. So yeah, I'm up to eight point nine, eight point nine. I mean, it is kind of crazy. Uh -huh. The top four. I'm just well overweight on right now. Um, I guess like not well, but I'm overweight on all of them just because of how much Matthews I took early on. Um, mm -hmm. I, I will. I will. I will. Hopefully, and I believe have the low on him. I think at eight or nine, that just won't get matched. So, hoping I have some unique teams in some capacity. Um, I, my exposure should be updated, but the rankings are just not. And 
I'm going to alert Brick to that again tomorrow. He told me he had them, but that's okay. He's got bigger fish to fry. Oh, Jay joined us as well. Jay, I think Jay mentioned he was going to try to join. He got the five. So, yeah, um, we'll get that updated in the Brick Draft Caddy. Uh, yeah, he kind of, I was like, hey, like, you want any of this? Because he was, like, asking about the correlation and stuff. And I was like, you want any of this stuff? And, like, also the rankings are a little bit raw right now, but we just updated them. Like, here you go. And he just said, thanks. And I was like, well, did you want anything? Or did you just – I think he's busy with the football side <laughs> as we as we yeah. finish up the season, which is totally fine. I don't think that many people need too much of a cushion at this point. But, yeah, no, we're – um. Rocking to the right start, uh, pretty pretty typical here. Five, uh, I guess you know, as you alluded to, I guess I, you know. No, I can't believe we didn't get a single comment because people will get the pitchforks out if you say anything negative on Mister Drysital, and, and you literally called him the bum. <laughs> and I saw nothing in the chat. Um, of course, I, I know Matt yeah. not hundred percent serious when it comes to that comment. Like you don't think he's a useless asset or anything, but I do know that and I kind of agree in a sense of like he like if you I feel like there's like a like people just watch NHL differently. I, I don't know how else to say it. Like when I watch the game, I'm often like like he just doesn't look at he just doesn't look like the best player in the world or something. You know what I mean? Um I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Kyle McCarr thing here. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I, it's hard to describe. Like he, like he, when when the puck finds him and he shoots it, you're just, like, that is one of the best shooters maybe in the world. But like when he's skating yeah, with the puck, I never think like that's a generational talent coming through the ice. Like I don't know, but he's yeah, really then, good. Then that's stuff, exactly you know. it. Like yeah, I just he would have a much tougher time playing in you know yeah. A, a, Buffalo or wherever, where he's not surrounded by like transcendent talent, like McDavid, like he's just yeah. not the, like every time he's away from McDavid, he's just far worse than you would expect an MVP uh, candidate to be. Yeah. So he's all right. I'm up you, at 17. Yeah, I'm gonna I am going to take, uh, I'm going to take Kyle Connor. Um, Page there is just, it's really tough for me to pull the trigger. Um, you know, I, I, I get it. Mm. I, I, I know why you have 16% of Page. Um, well, I mean, he's, I just he's risen. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I got to look at what he, okay, I'll, I'll, pull, I'll pull up what he started at, too. I'll, I like doing that while we're doing this. I pull up the first finished draft. I think that's what Hundley was doing as well. Just nice to yeah. have it with me. Uh, that first completed draft, too, the 101. I mean, as if it would be another way. <laughs> um, Cage went in the first draft. In the first draft. He was ADP 17. He went 12. So started the trend of moving him up. But, yeah, he's kind of, you know, it's about his range. Um, and I think okay. 17 is decently accurate. But, yeah, whatever. Um, so it feels hard to get unique in the NHL than the NFL First round ADP guys fall a lot more often. Harder to get unique in any weight. A lot more often. So if they fall, I don't get how that makes sense though. So if the ADP guys fall more often, then wouldn't it be easier to get unique? Because I would think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like I understand. I was I always have yeah. fun watching your brain break, but in this in this sense it was it was right, um, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. You, 
you know, the, the way that the board works with the positions, it's not quite as stratified as football where it's basically, you know, running back wide receiver for, for the first round. Like you're mixing in a Kel McCarr pretty much. It's the main difference um, in the first round sometimes. Um, it's a bit more natural. Is Well, I should say it's a bit more natural in football the way the stacking works with the first and second rounds, um, just the way that the Hurts mm. Brown and the Allen Diggs, that sort of comfy clicks, uh, the way that feels. I don't know that that necessarily exists. Like we've talked about the Stutes like a Chuck, but that's honestly not done all that often. And it's pretty weak as far as like the, you know, I just don't think it's as cleanly correlated as a QB wide receiver stack the way the scoring works. Um, so like, I think worrying about uniqueness, even in this stage where the tournament's three times as large as last year's and the final is whatever, like eight times as large or, you know, whatever the size is. Um, I think it's a little bit overblown. Like you are going to have a unique team. Like it is so hard to shuffle the cards and deal them out in a way that's repeating of someone else. In that, like, you know, maybe if you're drafting, like, Nylander, Matthews, and grabbing Samsonov, and then grabbing Morgan Riley late, like, maybe you're sort of walking yourself into a trap where if Toronto's the team you need, somehow, like, you're going to have, you know, five of those teams in the final where it's, like, all of those dudes are the same. I just don't know that it matters that much. Like, there's going to be so many outlier performances, and it's so easy to get unique late, like, Picks 120 through 200 just simply do not matter. Um, yeah, I agree. Like right. worrying about uniqueness is probably pretty stupid. I, I again, like that's kind of my, part of my theory. I'm like, I'm just going to break all of my drafting into three pretty unique buckets, um, you know, and spread it out. First 50, wait about a month, do another 50 pretty quickly, and then wait about you know, so give you a little closer and do the last 50. Like that's just going to make me unique by the ADP shifts, by the different people coming into the drafts and, and, and whatnot. And like every draft I do, I'm just trying to pick the best team every time. I'm not like, oh man, this player will make me a little bit more unique probably than this. Like, I don't need to do that. Like we've learned enough already to probably factor most of that out. So I'm in the position here where I could take a center, but I'm not going to. I'm going to take boldly and I am going to take, man, I'm going to, I think I'm going to take Keller. I don't want to, but I 42.9% Forsberg. I mean, I I could just do it, but I, I just, I could, I'm only at like 57 or this, I think it's 57. Like I don't really mind it, but Forsberg ain't ADP 90 anymore. You know, I think this might be a spot where I just go with, I think they're all about the same realistically like all three of them wasn't that my tweet was there another guy in that mix i'm trying to think oh panarin i think but i don't know matt if you saw it but um most of you in here at least some of you probably see that i do the same bit every time we're underdog or like pro football focus or like any of those places post like who is the best you know pick at in round two right now in fantasy and i'll just quote tweet it with a hockey player because they didn't say football yes and you, and, you and almost understand. every time i get someone that will bite They'll be like, I think they're talking about football. I'll be like, how do you know? <laughs> I, just, I said that last. Time. I was like, how do you know for sure they didn't say? This guy's like, I'm gonna because it's. I'm like, oh god, this guy's he's buying it. He's buying it, folks. Yeah, right, I'm gonna stop you- the center slide. Um, 
and grabs Binijad. Um, I just I think Zabinijad is I think Zabinijad is an awesome pick uh, at ADP this year. I just really like the the player, and I think the team will be quite good. And it's very hard to you know if you think Adam Fox is like this terrible fantasy player, like then Zabinijad isn't perfect. Uh, opposition to take advantage of that just he's uh gonna create a lot of offense for uh Zabinijad specifically on the power play and whatnot so um yeah I, I love yeah. Zabinijad and you can get him stacked late very easily with Chris Kreider or uh one of the the, the tertiary guys in terms of Kako and Lafreniere and there's a clear upside case you can make for those guys too Jay grabs the tuck correlation with Tage um Bedard goes right after you at 42. I, that was kind of the guy that I really, really considered, but um, I'm going to get to Chicago. Uh, I mentioned it last time, but I'm actually going to start tomorrow posting about five minutes. Although I say five minutes now and I know I'm going to talk for eight and then I'm going to post it and be like, whatever. Um, But just videos that are going to go over each team for puck luck. Um, Just, very general overview, nothing too in depth, nothing too crazy. Not gonna, no, no one else is gonna come on with me, but um, I have some fun stuff planned for that, so I will be getting to it. But I'm gonna go right in order alphabetically and uh, kind of run through our projector, full puck luck projections, etc. You know, and then my takes on that as well. So we'll, we'll be getting to Bedard. Um, everything else, I'm trying to kind of look through teams as we go and see what everyone's doing. Um, the McKinnon Pedersen, the, the bully center build, as, as we'll call it, maybe. Um, interesting. <laughs> Pedersen down to yeah. 28. I feel like that's at some point you just kind of got a bite. Um, Say hi. Yeah. The Nylander Matthews, that, that is a very common pairing, which, which will exist quite often. So it is yeah. what it is though. Like, because again, like I feel like if you take Matthews and you say like Matthews is legitimately two or three best player in the league and, and fantasy, right. Then we're like, how is Nylander not, you know, at least involved. I get that the correlation isn't the strongest compared to like, the probably Marner, but I get the point. Um, the McDavid drafter to Bouchard, Gensel, Cole Caulfield, Sorokin. So, you know, pretty good start there. Um, maybe, again, not that unique, but when you have McDavid, you can do whatever the hell you want. It doesn't matter. Um, yep, a lot, of, a lot of correlations coming through right now. Uh, all right, back back to Jay on the clock. Yeah, I mean, another one. Someone, I mean, I, I think every single time we talk about Tebow and Jack Hughes, it's like, I, w- I would never force it. I, I, you know, early on, both of them, I'm going a bit later. Like if you got it good, because both of them are really, really good. And that they, they should at some point, I'm sure at some time, Timo or Jack Hughes will score assisted by the other. Um, and it's going to happen. Uh, they're just really good hockey players that play a lot of minutes, but I certainly yeah. don't think it's all that important I think, or needing to be forced. Yeah. I, I, I think I made this case last week, but if I didn't, and it was just in Twitter uh, messages, then I will restate it here. I think no, Timo yeah, yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think Timo is the worst second round pick on the board as AP snipes crater right before me. That, that's fun. Um, um, so the, the thing about Timo is that he's not a goal scorer in the sense that he's not good at scoring goals. Like he shoots a lot. So therefore he scores, but he's Damn. not. Not a goal scorer. Um, so it's <laughs> damn ghost. Um, it's it's more an issue that uh, one, he's not going to create goals on his own, and two, the role that you're placing him in to have him score the goals on the New Jersey power play is so freaking difficult to predict. 
I didn't even mention Tyler Toffoli uh, last week or I, I mentioned him later or something. It was just like completely egregious where it was like, oh, like all these dudes, Dawson Mercer, Tyler Toffoli is like the number one like chief exhibit of why that's just so risky where the downside for Timo Mayer is literally Victor Arvidsson. Like he could be Victor Arvidsson. Hey, whoa. Totally, totally. That, that is totally a possible outcome here. I I'm not arguing. Just don't besmirch the good name. Don't get me wrong. But you never take Victor Harvardson in the second round, and if that he can be as bad as a, a fantasy draft winner, I oh okay, good one, Matt. You have to a fantasy draft winner, okay. In the second that, round, that, you the... think Victor Harvardson wins you fantasy drafts? Got it. Thanks for. It's not what it's not what I meant. I'm gonna stop but talking. I heard... I heard what you said. Yeah, you, 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 got, you got me. No, no, no. I, I, I agree. Um, I get it. I get it. I get it. The, the only difference I'd say between those two in that comparison is that Timo Mayer has a much higher floor because he hits quite a bit. But so I mean, Arvidsson does too. Like you know, Arvidsson. you're not you're not getting any you're not getting me to say anything bad about Arvidsson. But he's going to pick up a lot of secondary points. Uh, Arvidsson. How many hits did Arvidsson have last year? I don't know if you saw my screen. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 25 um, hits to 154. Yeah, same guy. But okay, look at Brady Kachuk. Like, cause like the argument is, oh, like Timo, blah blah blah. Like, yeah. Okay. Brady. Yeah. Is no, like I know. the reason that like you know you're talking about shades of like that's not a second round pick in Timo Mayer. A player of his profile locked into a role like he was last year is a second round pick. He was going in the second round last year. It makes perfect sense. Um. But like he's not locked on, he's not locked into this role. I don't think people realize that, and so that's why I'm just not going to take it. Like I'm going to hope that for half the year he's not there, and that's going to be more than enough to absolutely tarnish his uh, his output. So, okay. Really quickly, while we're waiting, can someone in the chat tell me who I should take between Sean Tucker, Cordell Patterson, and Keontae Ingram? You know what? I'll include Zach Moss. Last pick in a last pick in a slow draft here. If anyone just in the chat wants to pick for me, I mean, actually, do you want to say Foreman? Did I say Foreman? Yeah, Foreman, Patterson, Tucker, Ingram, Moss. You could convince me to take any of them here. Actually, I already have Deion Jackson. Maybe don't say Moss. This is a good <laughs> chat. No one cares about football. Yes, this is basketball. Thank you, Wookie. Thank you. Thank you, Wookie. Yeah, I know. Now I don't want to take Moss though. I said his name, but I took Deion Jackson. Did you know JT was on Pup though, DJ? I, I, I are you not? Oh, you, oh, you. Wow. Okay. Did I not, dude? Of course I saw it. I mean, I'm literally max entering like multiple best ball fantasy football contests. Like, I'm not. The bit is funny, but I'm in a safe space right now where it's a bit like it's funny though. I mean, I think football's. A much worse sport, and I definitely turn on hockey at 5 p.m. on Sundays. Like that is true, but like I don't actually like despise football. Like I don't think it's like actually. You know what? I would say that, but I feel like every week I will say I hate football more than anything in the world. Every Sunday, I just forget. Yeah, it's a uh, I forget uh, for a while. selective it's, selective amnesia. Like right now, I haven't lost a football slate, so it's not my <laughs> least favorite sport, but. I would say that for a fact, I have never turned on a football game where I wasn't gambling. I would say that with 100% certainty. Well, I mean, since gambling, I mean, you know, but like in the past so many years, like I, I would say wasn't like five years old betting on football, but um, you know what Anymore. I mean? Like in, in recent memory, no. 
Uh, JT Miller at 73, bit of a bit of a slide there. I noticed that as well. Kind of centers already falling down the board. We can get back on track. Yeah, I went Cordell. Um, I can't. I, I would have done Zach Moss if I didn't already take Deion Jackson, but I'm not going to hang handcuff freaking complete garbage running backs. All right, so let's see. Aho is still hanging around. JT mm-hmm. is still hanging around. Yeah. Um, oh God, I really thought I was going to get March or so, didn't I? Oh, you went. You took him. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I guess he was never yeah, going to get to eighty four in a bazillion years, but I was yeah. like, when did he go? No, there... oh. One pick no, after. Dude, someone took someone took Jared McCann, sixty six. That's well, yeah, it's it's getting um, it's getting crazy out there right now. All right, Edmund goes to Jay, who already has Miro Heiskin in. That's an interesting uh, allotment there. Um, but he has Tabassi, so a little bit of backdoor Tampa action in Jay's future, maybe with Brandon Hagel. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, the, the wing run yeah. in these drafts, always, always, always. 100, 150% is just a, it's a war zone we every be, time. We need piss and green. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my right. God. I wonder, too, if, like, there's any... Eh, never mind. All right, I pick 80. I'm going to grab Stuart Skinner, uh, really the yeah, last that, goalie yeah. uh, before the teardrop in my estimation. Uh, that is the correct take. I was hoping he would somehow be there, but alas. Hmm. These waters be getting shallow. <laughs> Yeek. Ooh. God, calling names in the chat. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you took point from me. Like I I had Kucherov. I get all the Tampa now, and you guys just took all the Tampa. Yikes! I really just don't want to take anyone here. Um. All right, I'm just gonna do your Tushkin thing, just so I take a winger and don't cry. Uh God, we already have Kellen McCarr. Goalies are decimated. Don't like any center. <sighs> God. I'm taking Nertushkin and Busnevich way above ADP. Just nuking myself the man, for no reason. The man is in shambles. Oh, God. Sergeyev goes, too. I thought he'd get back to me. What the heck is his ADP now? 93? I guess he was there. I could have taken him, but whatever. Thoughts on the Nertushkin uh, Insta story? All I know is that Russia. he donated... He donated thirty thousand dollars of his own money to kids playing hockey, so that's that's the, the side of Natushkin I choose to, to see. Yeah, the Natushkin thing—it's like I mean, he was in Russia when he took those pictures, right? I mean, I don't think he was like breaking any yeah. laws, like probably. I mean, actually, you know what? It, I have no idea. <laughs> like, that's you not know breaking what? the law of the U.S. I, I just don't know, but yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it was it was odd. I mean, the whole situation with Natushkin seems like. It seems like one of those things where, like, originally when things were coming out about, like, what happened in that hotel room, it was like, this guy is going to get deported. And then it's gone. So I don't know what happened there at all, but I assume that was a little bit odd. That, like, maybe, I don't know, that maybe you should be on your best behavior. 
Um, and then, yeah, yeah, um, yeah Butch is an interesting case. A uh, guy that sort of profiled a lot better in the past, and maybe St. Louis has just been like, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, didn't he, didn't at one time we think of this guy as like, I don't want to copy the link. I mean, didn't we think of this guy as like a legitimate rate shooter? Am I like losing my mind? Yeah, in uh, in I mean, in New York, he was like a dominant player. He was playing alongside Panarin, which definitely will help your shot rates. Um, yeah, but yeah, he, he's he's a guy who he's a I mean, he's a guy who individually uses uh, you know, he uses his offense like himself. He's he's gonna probably play with Robert Thomas too, which uh, you know, but we'll see. But um, that's that's pretty be- uh, beneficial from a fantasy standpoint. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to like Bushnevich basically, and he goes in a very dead zone at Wang. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess, yeah, direct, I, I don't, yeah, but I, I just you that they're a dime a dozen in the NHL, stupid idiots who post stupid shit on social media. Like, honestly, the fact that he's using social media at all is a boon for the NHL, like, um. <laughs> You know, it's I, just, I have no idea. Like, what happened with John Morant? Was John Morant like actively shooting his guns? Like, I don't remember. Now. I don't really know. Like, I didn't follow it. So, like, it was now I'm like wondering, well, like, is there anything I think to it? Was, I think he was openly violating NBA rules because it was like in the jet or something or in the locker room or maybe both um but yeah. and clearly he was like menacing a strip club at some point or whatever like there was so much yeah. with him that like if if Nichushkin were like pointing guns at orphanages and shit like that in russia <laughs> where i think there'd be a bit more of an outcry but yeah, like if he's just taking stupid pictures of his buddies like it does not matter um you know yeah, he's, he's gonna make it back oh, yeah. to the u.s like there's just really no worry about that like just i would forget about it but honestly i kind of thought it was funny like uh you know like oh like you know just show some personality sometimes guys like that you know that that's that's kind of the nhl that we beg for and i'm not going to turn in its face when it finally shows up on rare occasions yeah oh i can't even find his instagram (laughs) i don't know i want to i want to yeah i Maybe deleted. I mean, there's saying there's no results, but am I almost up? No, I'm still looking now. I'm up in five. I can't even find the picture. Here, Oh, I can't search on Twitter. That's right. I don't know if Elon broke Apple desktop Twitter, but uh. It's broken for me, and I can't search on the Twitter app. So, Elon is just the best. I mean, the, the one thing I guess I, I mean this isn't really a surprise, but part of what I was trying to do for these videos um, is get a quote from members of the media. Just like one thing, just I'm trying to frame it as like something a model might miss, something that maybe you're, you know, anything that you see with the team or you're thinking going into next year, and. Um, I can't DM anyone. <laughs> and even when I, even the people I can DM, it's like going to their spam. No one's going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, th- yeah. I found the picture. This, this was the picture. He's a sort of, he's, he's got he some uh, rifles. Bit. Yeah. It looks like he's like on a compound too. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I certainly don't know, but yeah, that is a, uh, yeah. 
Yep, yeah, actually, it's funny. I literally searched it, and as I was doing it, uh, Billy sent it to me too. Yeah, there it is. Um, wild <laughs> stuff. And like, of course, Ben Jiggles is like quoting, like, "This is like this is Grand Theft Auto shit." And it's like, yeah, because like, I I do almost feel bad for Spin Jiggles because like they're trying so hard to be like hockey's so cool, like nothing out there. Like I said, they're literally yeah. tweeting video of the Connors looking like stone figures working out, and it's like. Oh, the Connors are here, and it's like, oh boy, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess. I mean, they're here, all right. Um, okay, I will certainly take in Cairo, and I think I'm just gonna have to bend the knee on Billy Huso here uh, again. Kind of the last. I mean, I guess I could go. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna take. Boom and, and boom. I hate to do it to myself, taking Billy Huso. I mean, not that. I mean, I, the Detroit Net is certainly like Huso's like I, I don't know if he was all that good last year you could argue I mean I guess you could argue pretty successfully he was not very helpful but mm-hmm. um I just have no faith yeah. in James Reimer stealing starts and then other than that I mean is there maybe a prospect I'm not I mean they have Kosa but I don't I think he kind of fell off the map too wow Bates really wanted Matt Zuccarello huh that's uh that's a stunner. Wait, that is a stunner. Oh, did you have? Uh, oh, yeah, you had Caprizo. I have Cap. Yeah. All right, yeah, I'll just add to my Taylor Hall exposure because what can possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna do? I'm just gonna look up Reverend's goalies really quickly. I just want to see like who is even like around anymore. <laughs> God, it is honestly just embarrassing trying to find any news for hockey. I can't even. Okay, this is this is just like unbelievably difficult. Like, let's check CBS Sports. See, I just want to see if anyone has like an updated version, so I don't have to think. With my, oh, okay, they picked up Lion. That's right, they picked up Lion. I would say I was like, there's one more guy. Not that he matters. I'm sure he's just you know a safety insurance. You can chalk Uso in for a start on any Pride Night. Uh, yeah, DJ, you need to uh, you need to pressure uh, that Detroit into hosting just like a monthly Pride game so that you guarantee uh, you know whatever twenty five starts. Oh, because Ryan was the backup. There it is. I was literally like, oh, actually, actually uh, yeah, okay, okay. Guess how about Pride Week in Championship? Uh, championship yeah so that Reimer just doesn't play all week there you go I use all of my influence to ensure that I get three (laughs) Huso starts in the championship with this with this McDavidless dog water team this team that literally I mean honestly I don't really hate this team I mean I have upside in all positions I feel like but it's still just not not the team I think I I would I mean the NHL already actively got rid of it so it doesn't matter anyways but yeah it's uh I gotta go to Detroit and be like, there's only one way to bring the Red Wings back into the playoff push. <laughs> it's Pride season in Detroit. No more Reimer. I did forget about that. I didn't even like connect those dots again. Oh god. Yeah, well, if you need, was so if you need an ad agency, if you need an ad agency to uh, set these Kremlin Duvet. Up. Yeah, Kremlin Duvet advertising. There you go. Yeah, um, if you haven't watched the show Detroiters yet, you have missed out on the best show ever created that was actually on TV. That is the number one funniest show, and it's a landslide. It's not even – like, I feel like 
anything that anyone can send you from like the office being like, this is the funniest scene in the office is passed by the opening scene in Detroiters without a doubt. Every scene actually in Detroiters. The opening scene in Detroiters, right. they dump hot tub water on a guy. I mean, that's just, it doesn't get any better. Do I watch Letter I So first off, I'd say this. I do watch Letter Kenny and I'm all the way caught up, but whoa, whoa. Letter Kenny? Am I, I don't know. Am I saying it wrong? No, oh, you're saying Letter Kenny. No, don't. You know, like Letter Kenny's really good, but honestly, like, I couldn't be more excited for Shorzy season two. Like that is actively the thing that's like all I could think about. What, what's the what's the release date actually? I got I think it's like right in line. It comes out sooner in Canada, um, so I may need to like illegally try to find a way to watch it when it originally comes out. October twenty seventh, <laughs> I think for us. If you haven't watched Shorzy, now that is that is good stuff. No, I think Letterkenny again, like it kind of fits a different mold of show for sure, but like it's really good. I don't know though. I don't think anything's touching Detroiters. Like that is that is the peak of comedy. And of course, it's basically the I think you should leave stuff. So I want to point that out. <laughs> well, he's preemptively defending the Ben selection. That's when you know you've made a bad pick. Yep. All right, uh, Bennington. Yeah, okay, yeah, Hart. yeah, yeah. Yeah, any, anything to, yeah. I know I was going to take Bennington. That was like a debate I had last round, but I just could not actually pull the trigger just to go with my St. Louis. Oh, I think you, I might have lagged. Oh, yeah, I could have. We're talking over one another. Um, yeah, I was saying I was going to take Bennington at the turn here because of my, like, you know, I had the St. Louis kind of build, and I feel like they're a team you could take a, you know, take Bennington with and say, like, you know, Kind of just, all the they kind of carry each other, but why is this tweaking out? Sorry, I didn't mean to share anything. I just can't. I'm gonna wrap up my work with. Yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up with Truba. Um, I don't think it's a you know I don't think Truba is a great pick or anything, but I feel pretty confident in that. You know, if I take a three man Ranger stack the way this team's set up, that like theoretically a spike week from Truba, I could get you know a Lafreniere taco across the line. So. I'm fine to take one of those guys as my final uh, as my final wing and sort of move on. Um, so it's got it's got yeah. real ugly for me. Um, I'm gonna take Chikrin. Um, yeah, that's for sure. I I just it's time to take a second defenseman. Oh, man, what's goalie looking like? I feel like I have to just bite the Grubauer bullet. I think. Um, just pulling up Seattle really quickly for sort of the reason why is their backup is who now? Dreger. Dreger. Yeah. I just think Grubauer played well enough in the playoffs that I'm going to well, give assuming, him a chance. Yeah, assuming Dreger is, uh, you know, he's why do I think back, he, but we, if, Why do I think he signed somewhere else? Um, <laughs> he has a three-year deal, I think, in Seattle, so... That would be surprising. What? I don't know why I'm making this so hard, man. I should just go to cap friendly. Like, they actually have everything up to date. I don't need to, like, overthink this. I'm, like, going to, like, freaking CBS Sports trying to find things right. like an idiot. So, Bates what is waiting. Is... He's waiting. What is he going to do? Oh, he takes for Hagee. I thought he was going to snipe me on Mark Shifley. Um, but I get Shifley okay, right. to cap off the 
Morrissey, Connor, uh, Kyle Connor uh, stack. You know, it's not necessary to take Trifley there, but I need a center anyway. In past ADP, I'm totally mm-hmm. fine with him over Cousins, Nietzsche's, Lindholm, Eriksenak. So, all right. Um, what, what were you saying about no good? I pulled up. No, no, no. It's just yeah, it is Drieger. Um, and then the cord, the cord goes the other way. I don't know why I thought something happened with him, but I guess it's just because we haven't seen him in so long. I just forget about his existence. Yeah, I mean, group. We, I think, I think again, like we forget, like Grubauer was legitimately, like, that was a huge deal when they got him. It was like, this is it. We got our goalie. This is our guy. He had one down year, good playoffs, and you know, I'm gonna forgive him. Um, do I? Yeah, no. Do I? Do I not like Gibson? I just hate. I think the Ducks are really bad. So. I think when I'm making that decision between the two, um, a I think there's actually probably more competition in Anaheim. To be to be honest, like if Gibson is bad, it's really best to debate: is Gibson going to get back to form at his age, or is Dostal going to start to take the net over? And I think there's more reason for me to believe that Dostal is going to start to take over the Anaheim net than Decord is going to come back into form and take over Grubauer's net. I mean. A, the age difference is negligible in um, Seattle. Um, but I just think that, like, I, I I bit hard again. And, I mean, honestly, I wasn't like I was, you know, crushed by Gibson because he did have some spike games. But I think at the age of 30, just to think that he's going to somehow get back on track is just, I think it's over. Um, he's still draftable for sure because he could see over 50 starts. But I, I think that Grubauer takes it as a nod there, just a better goalie yeah. in recent play. I, I would agree with you there. I like Grubauer in drafts better than Gibson. Um, I think Gibson is about the last goalie I'm comfortable taking, though. Like, I'm fine to take Gibson in drafts, you know, regardless of, like, oh, if that's the last goalie available and I need a goalie, I'll take it rather than try and, you know, push it or whatever. Like, I'll try and push Elvis or... Um, anyone else really after Gibson, but yeah. uh, well, I mean, I prefer- again, it, de- it depends. Like if, if, mm-hmm. my, if my first goalie is Debko, my second goalie is Huso, I'm just not going to get to that next range of past Gibson. Like it's Grubauer Gibson. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely taking one of them there and I'm moving on. If I already had Sororkin and, uh, you know, Stuart Skinner, I might just say whatever. <clears throat> like I, I can wait to take Bruce Lincoln's like Wookie did here. You know, I'm guessing he has a bit better. Yeah. Of, yeah I mean, you know, Omar Jari Merzlingens makes sense. Like, I, whatever, right? But I'm not, uh, I mean, as you can see from my exposure here, too, uh, haven't been doing much other than Schmid. Schmid? Schmid? Why, why am I here with Schmid? Schmid. Schmid. I don't know. It's been yeah, a while since matter. I've watched a game. A uh, little bit of Kakinen. I don't think I have anyone else. Um, I think the next guy. There's I mean, just no one that's going undrafted, really. I think you you take a stab at. Um, yes. I think Phoenix Phoenix Copley is probably fine, honestly. And and you know, Kim Burst Talbot is, you know, I'm not gonna. I have 10. percent Like I said, I think I'm probably done there. Like I was again last goalie in. I think you kind of rose a little bit. Actually, I think he fell a bit more over time. Um, I think he's come down at decent. Let me check. Let me check. Let's look at that first draft up. No, I don't. I can find it. Where did Talbot start? It's an interesting question. Speaking of absolutely awful selections, Kaprizov and Ryan Hartman. What can possibly go wrong? 
Talbot in the first. Did Talbot go undrafted? Am I I'm almost off, but where the hell is he? On where? In the first draft? The first finished draft. Oh, he went 159. So that would be Why? about the same ADP-wise. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so his ADP was 179. So he's yeah, he's risen ADP-wise, I think, just because of like goalie in general. But okay, I'm almost on the clock now. So I have Eichel, I have Cairo. I mean, I am going <laughs> the wing route here because um, there's a few different options I think I can finish with. And with that being said, I'm going to get more Michael Bunting. And any correlations, I mean, Verona, I guess, but he, I don't really think I want a third. Um, I think, you know what, let me just put Lafreniere in the, in the queue so I don't take Patrick Kane. But You could auto Patrick Kane. No, nah, I'm going to take Lafreniere. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to get the winger out of the way now. Um, I mean, I think bunting is, you know, 13 round bunting, it's, that feels gross when I was getting him in the 16th, but I'm going to finish off wing and um, just know that, you know, Eichel and Kairou are, I think, very good. I think I'm still going to get a really good last center in, and I have, I think, what is a very good 2D core already. Um, what? Oh, no, I was literally just coughing because, uh, oh, okay. because you know, illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, your team looks pretty good, Matt. You're still waiting on that third goal, so I'm excited to see who you take. It's not going to be Phoenix Copley, who goes well before you. Um, yep. You have... um, yeah, so you it's took Lafreniere, who I was certainly queuing up. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys have been in you. Oh, yeah, yeah. The... Oh, sorry. So I'm going to grab Logan Thompson. Um, okay, okay. I, I really just... I mean, my philosophy is if I have two guys early-ish, like Georgiev, he's definitely in that upper tier of goalie, and then a middle-tier sure. guy, I'm fine to take a third guy who's just incredibly thin. Um, and my mindset there is to basically ensure that I'm not getting more than, like, 5 to 10% of a really thin goalie. Um, you know, one, because they're not drafted in every draft. You don't need to get 8% to be over the field on a certain guy. Um, and two, just because I don't really want to have that much invested in the goaltender position, you know, if I'm investing a top four pick in a, in a goalie, um, you know, I just don't think it's overly necessary. You know, I want that goalie in there who can pick up some starts for sure. Um, you know, for, for a week where Georgiev is injured for two weeks or whatever, I'm just not eating zeros, um, all season, but I'm not like going out of my way to prioritize it. So um, this is sort of just where we start to get into like the weird correlations, you know, reach, reach in the draft. You know, I'm fine doing that starting around 14. Honestly, um, no one here is like, oh, yeah, I got to get that guy. Um, so I have some guys queued up as like the deep flyer correlation type pieces. But, um, you know, nobody's like uh, I don't really think there's like a can't miss player down in this range. We pretty much dug up. Uh, yeah, we've dug up Anthony Duclair <laughs> and risen him to like the the thirteenth yeah. round at this point. Uh, that was sort of like the really? one guy. Um, but yeah. you know, keep an eye out for like guys who very clearly seem to be top line, top yeah. power play type guys with you know with bona fide talent. Um, because you know, if they arise in training camp and whatnot, um, those are going to be the guys you want to draft. You know, round sixteen, round fifteen. 
until they're yeah. in the, the player range, you know, going 13 where it's actually a decision. I'm really drafting DJ's, DJ's All-Stars. Minus Seth Jones. This is a lot of the boys. A lot of the boys. Took Lawson Krause. I think I do have one Lawson Krause share myself, and I think you made fun of me, Matt. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the, yeah, the, the, I just... Lawson, the, the, the Lawson Krause narrative is, uh, A, basically you're, you're saying to yourself, okay, Arizona is a bit better, and Lawson Krause keeps some sort of a power play role, but Right. I mean, he hits, you know, he has 20 goals in back-to-back years. Like you could conceivably see a usable week in there, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I don't think it's undoable for sure. As like your, you know, your last player in or whatever. Um, But this is 15th round. No, whatever. It really doesn't matter. I mean, wingers are just gone. Um, (laughs) It is funny to like, be like, there goes Boston Kraus, and then there goes Trevor Zegras after Boston Kraus. It's just kind of funny how like how warped yeah. our brains are. Like, make sure you unwarp your brain through your home leagues. Like, yeah, like oh uh, any any other format that like it's just not so uh, vastly diluted uh, at the center position. Yeah, it's it, just, it doesn't yeah. seem yeah, it just doesn't seem bad to me either when it happened. I was like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Got to do it. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to be coming down to. So an interesting choice here, Matt. I think, but you're up first. So I don't want to. I am. You, you need a winger. Right. Need a uh, I'm going to cap off center with Fantilli. Oh, I have Patrick Laine. Um, you know, you didn't want to take Blake Wheeler. A... He highlights. <laughs> He's right there for you. He does highlight. <laughs> he, he shows yeah, up. I, I I will safely have zero percent Blake Wheeler. Do not worry. Safely, about that. safely, you say. Yeah. I, can't I might be under anyone else's. Yeah, I'm back. Right, here comes under. DJ. Cut things off. Okay, okay, I'm up next. So, I mean, it always sucks not clicking Sam Reinhardt's name when he's there. But the debate here is is Nick Schmaltz or Josh Norris to correlate. I think. Ooh. I'm gonna go Josh Norris. I'm gonna do it, Joshy boy. I'm gonna go Josh Norris instead. It's so hard, but yeah. Um, and then my you last can't pick will go be a defenseman. Yeah. yeah, you um, cannot go wrong. You know what? I might just do Jersey. I haven't done a single Jersey share. Or do I do Dumba? I think it's Jersey over Dumba. Um, yeah, me too. I'm gonna do Jersey. You can, yeah, I mean, you, you can look into you can look into Dumba for sure. Um. But yeah, I think I, I think the thing for me is more like at some point if you're trying to take guys who are just gonna be on the ice, like you know, I just don't know that Dumba can ever punish you in that way. Like I love Dumba as a player, like he's one of my favorite dudes in the league for you know the last handful of years. Obviously the last couple have been rough, but um I, I you know I love watching him play or whatever. I just there's really no like DFS like, oh my god, I can't believe I missed it with this guy. Whereas with Sean Dersey, like clearly there's a, there's more upside to um, to, to his uh, his outlook. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. No, I, I think he's a, he's a better though. offensive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, honestly, no. Oh, yeah. This is interesting because because I feel like almost like two shows ago I made the case of like why Jenner is better than Fantilli, and then you went Fantilli over Jenner. Um, mm-hmm. Did you debate um, it at all, or were you just no? 
I mean, like I certainly could have. You're not gonna you're not gonna catch me saying Boone Jenner is a bad take. Um, I have let's see. In my sixty-something draft, I have two Jenners, and this is my second Fantilli. So, like, you know, um, I just, I just really want to correlate with um, Patrick Laine specifically there. And to me, there's a far better chance that Boone Jenner plays with Johnny Gaudreau and someone else on the top line, like a Marchenko, than it is, you know, and then like Fantilli Laine is the second line. Um, so like that's that's the very slight tiebreaker in my mind, but obviously Fantilli could play wing, Lineik could play center, you know. Um, it could just be you know kind of random nonsense, but um, no real reason. Just Fantilli is going to be a great fantasy player. Maybe it's not this year, but I'll take it. You know, I'll take the chance um, in some of my drafts when I need to correlate Columbus. Okay, really quickly before we go through the teams, I did want to pull this up. Um, you, you're looking at, again, a team that was drafted today. I think it was today, maybe yesterday. And maybe it's not to the keen eye, but if you take a good gander at this team, you'll notice something interesting. Zero goalie team drafted uh, today. I believe it was today. And I just want to remind people that these people are out there. They are drafting an empty net. So don't, hey, um, don't be afraid. There's only... Hey, 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 there's only 15 players on that team. He could have gotten, what if Cam Tell was the guy you need in round 16? Oh, yeah, I guess we didn't see the last pick. Yeah, this was sent to us in our thing, right? Yeah, it was only, huh. Yeah. Come on. An interesting tactic. An interesting tactic is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But we can go over the teams now. I just thought that that was really funny and a good reminder that, like, while we're out here, you know, galaxy braining Fantilli versus Jenner and stuff. It's <laughs> like, hey, well, maybe galaxy brain. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a debate. I'm not arguing. It's not a debate. Like, and you can definitely talk me into either side. I'm more on the Jenner side than the Fantilli side. Um, but people are out here drafting zero goalie teams, just having a blast. So we're going to go in order and we're going to start with um, B Hunley, who drafted what I would consider to be an alpha team, a clear, uh, tough to knock off at the first pick at any time, but he really, I think get a home run starting with Connor McDavid, Jake Gensel, Sorokin, Cole Caulfield, Evan Bouchard, Konechny, JT Miller, Troy Terry, Darcy Kemper, Wierenski, Lucas Raymond, Seth Jones, Anthony Duclair, Akira Schneid, Lawson Krause, and Brock Nelson. I mean, all guys that I've drafted a decent bit of other than Lawson Krause, I guess I only have one, but I did actually pull the trigger on the last pick one time, just kind of a man. Every single one of my wingers went like, who can I find? And this is a name that kind of popped up. Uh, I don't know, kind of looking through. So I, I don't really have a lot here. I mean, not an insane amount of correlation, but that's totally fine. And we talked at length about how unimportant correlation really is. So I don't know if there's a single hole I could poke in this team, Matt. Anything you wanted to say? Um, No, no, no. It's a good team. Um, I, I love drafting centers in round 16. Like, I think that's just going to be something I do more and more and more and more as the draft season goes on. Um, you know, True. it's just so much comfier than drafting uh, drafting a wing, to be honest. So, cool. well, because or, or a demon. Luke, Luke Evangelista or Brock Nelson. Like, <laughs> yeah. It literally, it's like right. Sam Reinhardt, Luke Evangelista, Brock Nelson. Like, yeah. two of these guys had... What I mean, what, Brock Nelson had 35 goals last year. I mean, I don't even know. I'm gonna have to top my head, but I think he was trying for 40 at some point. And Sam Reiner had about you know 25 power play points, and then Luke Evangelista had like 
six goals. Um, anyways, yeah. though, uh, Lay Lake, UF, uh, Benedict, I think he's also been here as well. Leon Dreisaitl start, not Matt's favorite pick, but I mean, I'm definitely taking him at the 1.2, just so I spread my exposures out. Roman Yossi, like I said, uh, this is, I think, a good value on him, although all the wingers in this range also feel really good, so it's kind of like who gets to you. Um, Jake Ottinger, so it's kind of starting with a you know a one center, one um, defenseman, yeah, one goalie, and no and no wingers. Well, he went on an absolute rampage of Evander Kane, Brad Marchand, Tyler DeFoley, Owen Tippett, and Jake DeBrus. Gets a little bit of correlation mixed in, um, plus some guys that can definitely bury the puck in the back of the net. Um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, more correlation with Drysaitel and Evander Kane. Charlie McAvoy, Evgeny Malkin, Vijmelka, Shabbat. Talbot, Mangiapani, Evangelista. Of course, the concern is that wing, you, you know, a little bit thin overall, of course, but it's hard to fault it too much when you won. You could, you could win so many positions. Like yeah. losing at wing could kill you, but if you find anything in Mangiapani, who is a former 30 goal scorer, uh, if you find Luke Evangelista's role to be big enough, like you may be able to survive alongside that Roman Yossi. Yeah. Alongside Roman Yossi, where you're going to be able to yeah. win defense. Uh, you know, I like that. I like that build. Like at some point, yeah, you're not going to be able to get uh, wings in every position. So, right. So next was uh, the Austin Matthews team, which went Matthews Nylander correlation, and then Darlene and Eric Carlson. I think you went three defensemen here. I almost think I would have just stuck with the two. Jeff Skinner correlation, Olmark, Jari Kuzmenko, Hagel, Brian Rust, Jamie Ben. Sorry, Wookie. Jamie uh, Ben. Gotta do it. Probably 0% myself. Dylan Cousins, more correlation. Mm-hmm. Merce Lincolns, Morgan Riley, Nino Niederreiter, and Sam Reinhardt. Is that four centers? One, two, three. No, 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 no. Three centers. Yeah, I feel like I just would have taken Morgan um, Riley, but I get the correlation. I probably just would have grabbed, yeah, you know, take Matthew Nunes or something. I don't know if you really wanted to I, stack yeah. uh, Toronto. I Just, yeah, you take that much defense. I think you can get away with two because, you know, <laughs> But I get it. Um, it's still really if good one of you. those guys completely, you know, both those guys fail, you're you're done. So yeah, um, yeah, right, yeah. That's the sort of thing. Sure. Like doubling up yeah. at those onesie positions, D and goalie. I think um, real early. I think that's a viable strategy, even though it's not really been tested um, mm-hmm. in the streets. So. Anyway. Yeah. So next was Jameson, who I know took more centers than he should have. And went McKinnon to bring it Elias Pedersen start, so probably shouldn't have. Kevin Fiala, mm-hmm. Adam Fox, Jonathan Huberdo, Jacob Markstrom, Tyler Bertuzzi. Quite a few guys there in the middle, like the Fox, Huberdo, Markstrom, Bertuzzi. I probably wouldn't have done myself. Took Pietrangelo from me. I was really hoping he'd get back. Did not. Um, Aiden Hill, Victor Arvidsson, Elias Lindholm, Perron, Kane, Trevor Zegras, and Aaron Ekblad. So that's four centers, if I'm counting correctly. Yes, it is. Um, and only two goalies. I think he only took, uh, yeah, yeah. He only took Markstrom, Markstrom and Hill. So yeah, I think it's two week in net. Um, not a lot of my all time favorite plays, but I, again, like I think this, I really like the start a lot. I mean, to bring it, I, I would have gone Nylander myself or Gensel over to bring it, but whatever, like I, you know, whatever you want to set up for later, I guess is up to you. It's not like he couldn't score 35 goals. I just don't think he will. Um, uh, yeah, I think I would have done this quite a bit differently. I would have waited on defense, and I just would have really loaded up on wing to go with McKinnon and, and Pedersen and tried to just, like, win flex every single week and uh, still not 
give up too much at, at wing, um, especially not take that fourth center. Anything on there, Matt? You want to move over? Nothing to add. You got it. Yep. David Pasternak, Tage. I'll just buckle up, Jay. David Pasternak, Tage Thompson, Andre Vasilevsky, Alex Tuck. So correlation to start, goalie, center, two wings. Uh, Miro Heiskinen, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Victor Hedman. Um, a couple snipes there, I, I'm sure. Claude Giroux, Sergei Bobrovsky, Larkin, and Pavelski. Pretty much back-to-back to finish off center. Tom Wilson, a favorite of the of the, the true puck luck guys. We, we get it over there. Um, Jeremy Swayman. Wait, no, he didn't take Olmark. I was going to say, did I lose my mind? No. Jeremy Swayman, in, interesting. <laughs> Again, like I think it's, you know, honestly, kind of just completely out of goalies at that point. Maybe just it's fine. Um, Pacioretty, Reichel, and Burakovsky. Is that 2D? Yeah, only two defensemen. Um, loaded up an extra winger. And, um, yeah, I think yeah. good goalies. I think really nothing to – if there's a position to be weak, yeah. yeah, if there's a position to be weak, I think it is D, just because we know that the top scorers can come from basically anywhere in the draft. Um, not just Sarah Carlson last year, but Josh Morrissey, Vince Stone, et cetera, et cetera. There are guys who produce top 10 seasons all over the draft, whereas that's not really the case at center, wing, and goalie. Um, so while it's weak at D, of course, you know, Jay would tell you that himself. Um, I think that's fine to trade out the extra wing points that having eight gets you. Like it just adds up over the course of a season. We've seen it in the data. Um, so I have no problem with that build. And I like the, uh, I like the, uh, originality, even if you burn Tom Wilson for no reason. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, next was Scott Craig, uh, start with Matthews and Chuck. Makes perfect sense to me. Goes Igor, but uh, can we just call Arvidsson LA Timo? That, that got me. Yeah, okay, that we, we we can. I'm sorry, I messed that up. Okay, so. it doesn't doesn't work that. It doesn't work in that direction. Uh, I'm sorry. I love Arvidsson. Just for the next guy, but I love Arvidsson <laughs> so much. Okay, the Chuck, Zerkin, Hyman, Crosby, Point. So the two. Two wingers, two centers, one goalie in the first five. Jesper Bratt to go with no one. Probably wouldn't have done that myself, but it's fine. Sider, first defenseman. Tarasenko. Vanacek, Shea Theodore stolen from that. Of course, couldn't couldn't quite get back to you there. Uh, wait, no, you skipped him. Wow. What a, what a yeah, I, uh, I took Carlson and Morrissey right before, so uh, uh, I wasn't yeah, really yeah. interested in reaching on Theodore, even though I, you know, I would have in the vacuum. I just wanted a wing there. Yeah, okay. This seemed odd. Um, then so Jordan Bennington, so goalies of seems Sturgeon. odd. I have 50% of the guy. How much more do I need, DJ? More. God damn. Um, <laughs> okay, you're not Sturkin, Vanacek, Bennington for in net, um, Crosby, Point, and Nachos at center. I mean, that's pretty crazy, honestly, to think about. Um, and then wing, of course, is a bit weaker, but you're kind of you know spearheaded by Matt the Chuck to hopefully dominate every single week and put you in good position. Uh, others that I haven't named yet were Brock Besser, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and Tevu Teravainen. Um, Devin Taze as well, kind of rounding out that decor. So, yeah, no, I think I, I think it gets there. I think it gets there. Yeah. I don't really have any, any yeah. really things to say. I, mean, I, I didn't want you to take Braden Point there because I was hoping sure. Kmart Stamkos would get back to me, but they did not. Uh, next, AP4491. Maybe you're in here, maybe you're not. I really don't recognize the name. 
Um, Me neither. Started with Miko and then went Tim Stutzel, which, you know, Stutzel doesn't normally get to 18th overall sure. because the Brady drafter often takes him, but Brady got Ovi, so decided to go that route. I know that's going to be a debate for many. Um, so Miko, Stutzel, Jari. I'm not got Jari. Jesus, DJ. UC Saros, good reading comprehension. Um, so, yeah. Then Connor Bedard slips to 42. That's a, I, Again, I think he's going to land more or less in that range. Chris Kreider, Jared McCann, uh, a bit early on. McCann for sure. Drake Batherson, again, a bit early. Uh, Quinn Hughes to go with no one. That's normally not how I play him, but maybe you saved it later. Nico Kishir, Adrian Kempe. Carter Hart, Riley Smith, Vince Dunn, Drew Doughty, Eberly, and Marc-Andre Fleury. So um, we started with a good, good enough goalie where I think it makes sense. I just think that, I don't know, something feels weird about this team. Like maybe it's just the Vince Dunn, Drew Doughty, Jim yeah, Hughes. It's, like it's, it's, just like, it's like it's missing most... something, but I don't know what, but like it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, like. The thing to me is, like, obviously I think Nico and Kempi are great picks, but, like, are they that different than the round 16 Reinhardt's and Brock Nelson's? And I think the answer to that question is honestly no. And, like, the difference between a round 16 wing and a round 9 wing, I, I think it's different enough to, like, where it actually, like, I think that's why our visual sort of interpretation is like, yeah, that's a little, but I think it's literally because like taking three centers before round 10, it's just so difficult to get work around. Once you realize how many centers there are like perfectly viable options in rounds 13, 14, 15, 16. Um, so, you know, whatever. Yeah. It, it certainly is possible that two of those guys are the guys you need. And like, you just, if you don't have multiples, you're going to, you know, be at uh, risk of losing to the field, but I, that might be why we sort of both look at it and go a little like, yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think it is, it, it's something you'll see, especially in a lot of home leagues and a lot of like any really draft you do. It's like people just want to fill those positions so bad. It's like, it feels comfy and cozy to get to your number, get mm -hmm. to your mark. And when all the board is setting you up to get to that mark, just you got to be comfortable be getting uncomfortable in these slots, especially right now when ADP we're thirty percent full. We have a lot of time for ADP to adjust. Like it's going to change. Get uncomfortable. And Matt, let's see how you did with that uncomfortability. You started with Crow Caprizov, could fault you. Kyle Connor again, no qualms. Uh, Georgiev, last year I would have said you were an idiot. This year I just have to hand it to you. You're right. You were right, and I was wrong on Georgiev, and I I'm drafting him. Mika Zavinijad, again, a guy you're very high on. I get it. You're taking Zavinijad um, over Bedard, over Crosby. I don't think everyone's going to be doing the same, but you know what? I think they're all about the same. I, I, it doesn't think it really matters that much. So, okay. Patrick Laine, Jonathan Marcheseau. Again, screw you. Guess I should have taken him myself before then. Um, Stuart Skinner, really, uh, I mean, so far, it just seems obvious that you have the, the best kind of goalie tandem through round seven for sure. And I think this, in this whole draft, you've kind of won goalie. Um, John Carlson and Morrissey, don't think you gave up too much to <laughs> cement a very, very no. solid, potentially uh, awesome decor um, and, and loaded up on winger. Taylor Hall, Jacob Truba, Mark Shifley to go with that Morrissey, that Kyle Connor bet. You know me in Winnipeg. We have a very odd relationship of me loving them <laughs> and then trying to burn me every step of the way. Um, Ryan Hartman, again, another, another DJ last year take that didn't quite get there, uh, but 
don't think he's a bad player. Just uh, I think at this point in the I draft, they're kind of. I forgot. I Ryan Hartman. He was like your second to last winger in on a very, very good winger team. Like Kaprizov plays with him, whatever. Logan Thompson, again, the, our, I think we're both on the same theory of like uh, you have two really, really good stud, uh, high, you know, start volume goalies. You might as well take a guy that maybe steals the net in a really, really good situation rather than a goalie that like seems tenuous in a really bad situation where like Vegas is going to be good again. So uh, I get it. Fentilli, again, I think I shade Jenner myself, and I think I would have gone winger here and then waited on center, but you only lost one winger in, in the mix. I think. Oh, two wingers? Between yeah, Bavillier, but whatever. Oh, no. Um, I, oh, no, I couldn't add to my 26% Bavillier. Yeah, like, you know. I'm just saying the words, okay? It's a yes, really good team. Thank you for saying the words. Um, Malik um, has yeah. a player tag. Um I've given this a few times, but basically the short version is that I believe that there's a chance Hellebuck still gets dealt pre-season, um, and therefore I don't know that his workload is as secure. I also think Winnipeg will be worse than Colorado, and I honestly think Colorado, you know, I, I think Gorgiev is one of the safest jobs in the league. Uh, basically, you would go Sorokin, Chesterkin, Ottinger, Georgiev. I feel that confident in it. I think Saros is right there, but like Askarov is very real and very good. So like, there's you know a chance that he loses some starts there. Vasi, uh, I guess maybe Vasi is better than Georgiev as far as safety, but like I feel very strong that Georgiev is like a top five goalie, and I'm just not convinced that Alabuk has the workload um, guaranteed the way that Georgiev does, assuming health and, and everything else. So I'll side with him, even if Alabuk is quote unquote the better goalie. Um, you know, I don't really is, care about that. Yeah. It's more about the workload yeah. security. Feels like you know what actually. I'll look it up after this. I have, I should say, I have, I have zero percent Hellebuck. Um, just you know, it's been very rare that I've gotten to this point without needing, uh, without multiple options to choose from in goal. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so fifteen a fifteen total point fantasy difference, and you think what are the odds that Hellebuck could possibly have a better season than last year? Yeah, like, I mean, it's also well, hard to literally imagine. equates to Georgia. nothing. So it's like, no, I know. I mean, it's, it's like again, like, but again, we're we're literally saying two guys that had peak performances last year are uh, per game, like of of, of the couple, few save difference. Oh, <laughs> Brian, did Jimmy? Did Jimmy come into the chat? I, I don't. Is this yeah, a, is this know, a right? burner for Jimmy? Just saying, Ovi's dust out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, there's a lot of mileage on Bassey, but you know, I'm, not, I'm not taking that into account when I'm drafting at all by any means. It's no, just, uh, yeah, all right. Well, let's keep going. Who's their backup? Okay, yeah, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. uh, they're uh, oh, that's a good question. They did sign someone though, I remember. Uh, someone shitty, yeah, they signed someone shitty. Okay, I'll talk about Bates' team, the master of this draft, master Bates here. Uh, started with Robertson, went to Mitch Marner. Gets the Hellebuck that slips one pick past Georgiev. Um, again, I was like, oh, I picked 30. I'm sitting here like, man, one of these goalies might get back to me. Alas, they all go right in order on the goalie run. Um, that's basically round three. It's just, it's just blue. Uh, Philippe Forsberg, Steven Samkos, couldn't get back to me. Rupe Hintz to go with Jason Robertson. Brent Burns, Ricard Raquel, Devin Levi. So Levi and Hellebuck, who knows if they could be teammates. We'll see. Uh, Matt Zuccarello, Chris Letang, 
Carter Verhage, Justin Falk, Phoenix Goldplay, Kaliev, and Trocek. I don't really feel like there's any player in that mix that I don't like, but I built everything just froze, but I do think that's four centers. Why can't it anything work? Am I frozen? That okay, is there we go. Four. I mean, yeah, whatever. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Interesting. Bates, you got some explaining to there, bud. Just last well, you have Stamkos, like... Hints, and Verhage. Oh, why, why Trocek? I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. Consult the math is what I would say. Consult the numbers from the last couple of years and uh, just uh, get back to me on that. All right. Yeah, you know, it's a good team, though. Alas, uh, it, it, it's got a lot of really good players. Um, let's get to a team. That, the, the, the only true pissing green that we had in this draft, starting with four straight wingers, Billiards Jones, Goes with Brady the Chuck, Alex Ovechkin, Artemi Panarin, and Johnny Gaudreau. Just someone had to be the man in this chat, and it was him. Um, I tried my best, but but I, I I just slipped in a little bit of uh, a little bit of orange. Anyway, so Brady, Ovi, Panarin, Gaudreau goes Barkov, Samsonov, Tavares, the real JT, the one that signed you a team and is good at a sport. Uh, Brandon Montour, Jonas Corposalo. So that would leave him with. Okay, now Samsonov, Corpus. Okay, Darnell Nurse, Lekkinen, John Gibson. So kind of mid-range, pretty hard on goalie, which is fine. Joel Eriksson-Eck, again, I think was like, I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't drafted him yet because I fall in love with a different center, but like I definitely understand why you take Joel Eriksson-Eck. Vrana, Kadri, and Rasmus Anderson. Again, is that four centers? That One, four, two, yeah, that's the fourth that's center. That's three. It's four centers. Fellas. I just, I just, I just, someone sh- show me the simulation where you've run the math, you run the numbers, where that adds to your team over the course of a season. I can't find it. Nothing I've, nothing I do says that that roster construction is ideal. Um, you know, if, if I understand you got six really good wings that you're happy with, well, you got, you know, four plus five, or actually, wait, which position did he sacrifice a D man for that and not a, or not a wing? He has, Montour nurse. No, he has Montour. No, yeah, last no. Okay. Yeah, the really, four, six, six, I like three. every player you took, and I just I feel like I would have gone yeah. with someone other than Joel Erickson Mac, maybe just I don't know again, like who are you really yeah, gonna take? Sense. But I don't know. Okay, final two flop winner. Did he flop win? He went Jack Hughes, Team O'Mare. I don't think we need to go into that discussion again. Uh Andre, I have to move my laptop a little bit. Did he somehow manage okay. to disconnect? Okay. Um, Hughes, Timo, Sveshnikov, Dougie Hamilton. No, I just I can't see this little piece of my screen, and I'm not going to look around the whole time. Okay, Philip Gustafson, uh, Ehlers, Sebastian Ajo, so Ajo, Sveshnikov, Jack Hughes, Timo, Dougie, um, Sergachev, Freddie Anderson, more Carolina bet, Mark Stone, Noah Dobson, Anders Lee, Bo Horvat, so a uh, couple – We've got two, yeah, three, and actually, because I'm both Horvath, so three straight Islanders, so really, really focused on correlation. Nick Suzuki, Sam Montembeau, and Bovillier. So that's definitely the most correlated roster I, I we've talked about. Again, I don't think it's worth the mm-hmm. players. Wouldn't have taken Mark Stone that early. Uh, wouldn't have taken Sam Montembeau, but whatever. Like, it's not a terrible team, so if you get – through somehow because of some of those guys yeah. being unbelievable. You know, you have that correlation going forward. One, two, 
three, four centers though. Tough, tough. Did sacrifice a winger for it. And I think this team's a little bit weak at wing to be doing so. Yeah. And honestly, last week, I think in terms of total goalie starts, I mean, Gustafson, 50 is an absolute ceiling. Anderson, I don't even know if 50 is possible for him. And uh, Montembeau, like, yeah, we don't even know if he's a starter. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a little risky for me, too, as far as goalie. Um, zero reason to take a center there. But again, someone show me the math where that makes sense, and I will change my priors, but I can't find it. I've run the numbers. I've shared all of it. So please, someone review it and tell me where I'm wrong. Um, Final team, the perfect team that was drafted in this lobby that will have no qualms core. Everyone's just going to say it's perfect. was from DJ Sabres. He started with Nikita Kucherov at 12. I'd love to get the guy at 12. Kill Makar. I mean, come on, right? Best defenseman in fantasy hockey. Matt Boldly, Boldly, Boldy, Boldy. I'm not sure why I'm saying Boldly, Boldy. Uh, Clayton Keller, Jack Eichel. Missing goalies, but says, I got Thatcher Demko. I mean, he is going to take Vancouver to the playoffs next year. You heard it here first. Valerie Nertushkin, Pavel Busnevich pairs him right up with Jordan Cairo. I mean, <laughs> Billy Huso, again, Detroit. If you're going to make the playoffs, whose back is it going to be on but Billy Huso's? Jacob Chikrin, uh, power play one, Jacob Chikrin, we're saying now. Here, maybe. Philip Grubauer, again, all the starts. He might see 82 starts. He hasn't missed one yet. Michael Punting. <laughs> Alex, Alex. Yeah, okay. Let him cook. Let him cook. Um, so you're thinking to yourself, man, this guy only has two centers and you're Jack Eichel. And Jordan Cairo, does he have another guy that maybe could score over 30 goals? <laughs> Josh Norris. I wonder who he's going to get assisted by all the time. Oh, wait, he has him. Already said it. Jacob Schickren finishes it off with the power play one lock to go with Clayton Keller. That's going to lift him from 11 secondary assists to maybe 50. Sean Dersey wins best puck three. With this roster. I mean, I don't know if you could find a one better than what won last year, but I think I think you did it. I think you outdid yourself. <laughs> I do I mean, like the Jack team a lot. Eichel carrying Honestly, you it's... for sure. I get it. I get it. Eichel Eichel Kyra Josh Norris doesn't seem too bad. I, I do feel that's, a little bit weak there, awesome. but no, Eichel and Kyra. Yeah, Jesus. I, I think like, Eichel is yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know. I, I Wing like while I drafted a lot of wings early, it, it still feels a little thin. Like Kucherov, Boldy, yeah, Keller, Mertushkin, yeah. Bushnevich, Bunting, Lafreniere. It just kind of feels like yeah. I got like one really good one and some guys that like I'm praying are as good as they were last year or better. And it's whatever. But uh, let's yeah, let's. So first off, I'm going to stop sharing. Let's pull each other up All on right. screen here. And really? let's, we we have one more comment. This was yeah, Matt. I'll let you read it and then we'll we'll get on out of here. Okay. So I would be interested as to your reasoning for why you want to look at the hack guys, so to speak, because if I'm, if I'm interpreting it correctly, you are going at this draft saying I have the perfect player in here somewhere. How do I build around that? You know, not knowing what position it is, of course, but like I have the guy that you need to have to win your league. I think, I just don't know that we can be confident enough in our ability to beat ADP. Or I almost think you should be drafting as if you you believe you don't have the league winner. Uh, oh, wait. 
hold. No, it's the teams that okay, the teams that didn't have those guys. You think he pulled them out? I'm guessing. So, so this is so this is the argument I'm looking to make then. Okay, so you're saying that the best rosters. So, okay, so I would need to understand, I guess, how you're defining uh, best rosters. Um, but my my gut instinct is that still the fourth center is probably a relic of something else. Otherwise, how is it so dastardly different in the overall data? Um, but if you're, I think you're getting close to sort of a much more advanced version of what I've been able to come up with on my own. So I'm very interested to see how far you can take this. Yeah. No, I, um, so anyway, people yeah, try no, to I, prove me wrong. I, I, I'm, I, happy I, yeah. to, I'm happy to be wrong. You know, that, that's what I love. All right. Advanced rate. I damage. think, I think, the, I think there's, yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, yeah, I'll think I think about there's it. plenty of ways. There's plenty of ways of doing it. I don't think that there's like I personally am like I'm 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 down to draft some different stuff or like I just again I, I think I'm not going to just say like okay what I did last year was wrong with with what happened myself. Um, I don't think I need to get too in the weeds, but um, getting that fourth center just God, I don't know. I I think you like in in the right context um, in the right lobby if you started with seven wingers before your first center or maybe like even maybe six, you know, maybe then I can see it more than like, but I, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, maybe if I started with, you know, like if you take four centers with your last four round picks or maybe even within the last like five rounds, you know, there's four centers in that mix and a defenseman or something like then I yeah, can see it. I guess being like I guess it's like more adding... the six wings. Um to to me, like yeah. the six wings is the much more difficult thing. Like if you told me, oh, I got two really good D or two goalies that I'm extremely comfortable with, I could see that right. being a better argument for going four centers. I, yeah, I know? think I'm not. I think it's a, you know, I wouldn't even say you have to and I don't even think you need to go to the Darlene Carlson extreme with that. Like I think you could take any of those top you know, maybe we'll say five defensemen and then anyone before pick like 105 and just go from there. I, I don't think you need to go extreme with it either and just roll that out a couple times because if you have a, you know, two top 10 scoring fantasy defensemen, I don't think you that the third, it's not going to matter. Um, yeah, I, I might try that too. I might try a couple different things as time goes on. But like I said, right now I'm kind of coasting and finishing football. And then I'm going to, yeah. As soon as football um, ends, I'm going to tell everyone to get in the lobby, just join in, get out of football stupid, come on in with us, and hopefully they learn and they're ready to ready to go. Because if not, we're gonna we're gonna bully them. They're gonna take zero bullies. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's see. Uh, just to cap off that, Billy, uh, one appreciate you sharing. You know whatever you're finding. Uh, two, if you want us to amplify anything that you're sharing publicly via Twitter or writing up somewhere. Uh, we're happy to do so just you know let us know um and we can you know retweet it or whatever because we really appreciate a uh, thoughtful work being put into this space because not a lot of it uh you know is dedicated toward hockey um just given experience so uh it should be a lot of fun to, to see sort of uh how far we can take this and how much we can learn from you know uh, people more advanced at this than i am so uh, in any case, we've gone on for two, almost two and a half hours. So I think we should shut down the stream. But uh, thank you all 
for tuning in and for drafting with us and for participating in the chat. Um, I know we were a bit leery as to, oh, like, is this really worth doing? Because last year was just such a, you know, it wasn't a down and we had fun doing it, but there was only like a couple people, maybe some nights. Um, and this year, being able to fill a draft like that, I mean, it, it feels the, the vibes are immaculate just for that alone. Um, but to have the, you know, engaged chat and to have banter throughout the show, it's really great. And we really appreciate you guys showing up for the fantasy hockey space um, because frankly, we weren't sure it was going to happen. So DJ, why don't you close us out? Yeah, we are over 30%. Over 30. We're getting, we're getting towards 32% full already before football is over while people are grinding best ball mania. Feels really good. Um, I'm just super excited to see where this is going to go this year. Hopefully we get a couple more contests and actually get underdog to buy in. And the only way to do that is to continue to be drafting, continue to be getting more people involved, like tell your home leagues, be like, Hey, you know, like this contest for 25,000 is $10 up front. Like try it out. You know, they can use promo code MSP or they can use your promo code. Go right ahead. Um, don't need the money. If you, you know, use your code um, from Matt, from, from, Doug and from myself have a good best ball draft week everybody and we will see ya not so easy is it <laughs>